Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. Today on the podcast, had a blast talking with Leon Bradford. Leon is the founder and owner of Bradford Strength System, started in 2018. Born and raised in Silver City, New Mexico. He's Mesa, his Arizona has been his home since 2013. He has got 20 years of strength training experience, seven years as a competitive power lifter, currently trains at MDE Athletics here in Arizona. He is a sponsored athlete by Iron Bunker Strength Systems and Performance Supplements. He is a state record holder in for the USA powerlifting and has competed in multiple regional and national competitions. So without further ado, welcome my man, Leon Bradford. Dude, thanks for coming by, man. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually excited really excited <laughs> yeah it's tell. fun it's fun man and look here's the thing i don't know how many people are listening but you know what it's it's fun it's fun to sit down and shoot the crap with people yeah i really do like that um i've always i talked about with um the owner of iron bunker like he's like chris is like yeah we should we should, we should do a podcast man and yeah yeah we'll come on dude. He's like wait don't you need some stuff I was like i don't know let's just do a face like a facebook live or something like that yeah. but people really enjoy that one of the ones i, I listened to was the broadcast um, with, oh, another uh, one. Yeah, it was originally Andy Huang and Brandon Allen. Okay. Brandon Allen was still powerlifting in. I loved it. They were they kind of called things how they were. They were they were full disclosure. You know, they talked about the dark side of lifting, the bright side. They're very real about it, and I actually enjoyed it because there was a lot of things I picked up from it. Not as far as the technical side, but your attitude and way to look at the sport. Because I don't know, I, you're you do a lot of Olympic lifting and CrossFit, right? Yeah, and I've, I've, yeah, a lot of Olympic lifting, a lot of CrossFit, um, starting to see a few more power lifters Mm -hmm. here and there. Um, And then we do have some like people who do, uh, you know, CrossFit, but also dabble in the power lifting world. And then we have like hardcore Olympic lifters who dabble in Mm -hmm. CrossFitting. And so there's a little bit of crossover there. So with those two sports, they're very organized. There's one CrossFit, one CrossFit Games, there's one champion. Right. Weight, same with weightlifting. There's the one association for the United States. Boom. There's a certification to be like a USA weightlifting level one. Exactly. Whatever. But coach. there's one. Yeah, there's one. There's one. That's my point. Powerlifting is like watching the History Channel and they talk about the warring tribes. Yeah. Like, you know, certain centuries in like China when there's seven billion kings and everyone's got their opinion. That's powerlifting. It, there used to be like one fed. And so I, was like, I don't like that. I don't like it either. Let's start our own fed. And it was okay because it was like, I don't, I don't know the history, but it used to be only like a few. And then they're like, well, we want to be drug tested. Okay, we do our own drug testing. Well, we want to be raw. We'll be raw. Wait, wait, wait. So hold on a second. So raw is no drug testing? No, raw is, so powerlifting used to be basically equipped. Okay. Um, as soon as they figured out that they could create a canvas singlet, it kind of just... All hell broke loose. Kind of like us. Smartphone. Tablet. Laptop. Tablet as big as a laptop. Cell phone as big as a tablet. Now we have our watch. So it just kept going to the point where like, 
the gear was doing most of the work and it was turning into like if you ha- if you could who could ever afford the most gear the mo- most like you know multiply stuff they they were they were the ones who were going to win well, and so that's the case so for people that are listening so I, I i get that there's yeah so i've followed the sport a little i mean enough that there's there's raw and then there's equipped yeah right and that's when people start getting into like bench press shirts or singlets mm-hmm. and so explain for people what that like what that is so i'll start with equipped since i started kind of going in on it and i if i sound biased to, against equipped i am i'll explain later if i, if I get that's the fine no we love opinions equipped lifting is single ply multiply and unlimited the plies refer to the like the, the layers of material the singlet or what looks like a singlet is like a canvas suit that's tied around the thighs um, and it doesn't give and it cinches down or on your shoulder. So when you get that thing on, you feel super compressed and squeezed. Um, there is no going to the bathroom once that, once that thing is on. You are in it for your workout or until you're done squatting. And that's just for the, like, they call that a squat suit. Now, um, for bench, you wear what's called a bench shirt. And, you know, the guys that got their arms sticking out like a T-Rex and, you know, they have it cinched down. You kind of see the little man cleavage and stuff. And you see the bench moving real slow. You know, that's because they're in the shirt. They're trying to get a touch, trying to compress the fabric. And that allows them to bench, you know, 600 pounds, seven, 800, even 1,000. So then does the tension of the shirt, so for bench or even the squat suit, mm-hmm. the tension of the singlet creating, basically acting as more tendons and, and resistance to the weight going down so that you don't actually have to generate as much force coming out exactly it so think of when you squat your own flesh and everything is binding up yeah it gets tight it's yeah, exactly sometimes you know depending how you squat you use the stretch reflex on your calves and your hamstrings not with a squat suit you actually use that and use the weight to actually make the fabric start to give well because it's so tight it creates a lot more stored energy. It's like using a rubber band. Exactly. That's why you're wide stance and you sit onto your heels into the suit. So who gives it? So here's my question. Who gives a crap about how much weight you can lift equipped? You know what? There, there, there's been street fights over this stuff, man. So well, funny. throw my hat in the ring, dude. I'm on Raw. <laughs> I'm Team Raw because that equipped stuff sounds like bullcrap, dude. It does. It, it really is. So here's the thing. It's, it's, it's part of history. Okay. It's part of powerlifting history. So I, I do have respect for certain quip lifters. I love Westside Barbell. I like what they promote. I don't agree with everything, but I will take what I like and all that to my own protocol. Are they all equipped lifters? Yeah, they're, they're all equipped. And they're okay. going to be all. I mean, West, well, here's the thing. So, like, Westside Barbell, I've got a lot of respect for Westside Barbell. They've done, they've done incredible stuff for weightlifting, right? Like mm-hmm. powerlifting, but also some of the stuff that they've come up with, we're using that bro science now in, in rehab. Exactly. So they're the ones. So they're, they're, they've done a lot. But you get kind of into like the local level, the state level. Donnie Thompson wasn't Westside Barbell, was he? Um, He trained there, but he wasn't. Okay. Westside was just big because they at one point were the ones holding the records. They were the crazy dudes. Um, I would recommend watching Westside versus the World. Oh, I'll Some people up. think it's a great movie. Are they the ones who started Chains? Yeah, he's the one who introduced Chains, Bands, um, a lot of... From what I can understand, a lot of um, protocols from Russia, the you know that area. What I do like, and what I do like, is his idea of not detraining, because a lot of times in regular and I'm, and I'm I know I'm jumping. No, you're good, brother. That's the ADHD <laughs> with power with traditional powerlifting training. It's usually percentage based, and you start at fifty percent, you go to sixty, mm-hmm. then seventy, then eighty, then ninety. 
It's a very West, Western style of training. Yeah, the problem with that is you're detraining towards the, towards the peak. Mm-hmm. You lower all your volume, and you're trying to, in a sense, save yourself. So there's people that will wind it down three weeks out. Take their openers maybe two weeks out, three weeks out. Mm. For me, nah, nah. Done it that way. I don't like rolling into meets tired by the time I get to deadlifts. Um, you could still get tired, you know, depending if you have an injury, you work around your back, or if you're just horrible with work capacity, or you don't eat enough during the day. Sure, but it's only three lifts, and you're doing it three times each, so it's only nine total singles. That's it. That's you're it? Just, you're just, just doing nine singles? Yeah. Nine, think of it. Nine singles, and you're just sitting around. Most people are going to like this. They want to be like, oh, well, you know this. No, no, no. We're stripping it down to its bare bones. I will run openers like three to four days out. If the, if the athlete asks for a week, I'll give it to him. I've got an athlete that I'm going to meet him halfway, maybe a week and a half. So when you say your openers, you have them try their opening weight. Yes. Okay. Now, the, the way I train is I, I was percentage-based. Right. Now, once I started getting – once I um, you know, switched coaches and, and got with Marcos um, Esquivel over at MD Athletics, he ran me on what's called the RPE system, rate of perceived exertion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I just I just heard this with one of my one of my one of my patients who works out <laughs> over there, and I was like, all right, so so what was your workout? He was like, two triples at, at, at two like two triples at eight, <laughs> and I was like, okay, what do you mean by two triples at eight, man? And he's like, uh, I don't know. He just tells me two triples at eight. <laughs> and I was like, come on, man. Like, what are you talking about? And then it dawned on him, like, the RPE. And then I was like, well, which scale? Because there's a 1 through, like, 10, and then there's, like, a 6 through 20 scale. I think that's the RAI scale. RIR. Okay. From what I understand, I don't know a lot about it, is it makes smaller jumps. Okay. I'm, and so I, I'm also – I stick in my wheelhouse. I will not coach anything that I have no idea about. Sure. I will not pretend to be somebody I'm not. Right. So – I, I didn't know RPE. Yeah. I learned it from Marcos. I learned it right. I, I have a chart. I have videos that I send people. I made a video. Yeah. I know how to calculate it. Okay. So when you tell me three out of eight, that means you're getting three. Uh, so it's th- set two sets of three at RP8, meaning for layman's terms, after each set, you're feeling as if you had two reps left in the tank, or you could have hit each set for another three. Well, it's more than that. It's a sliding percentage. Sure. Now, the reason it's a sliding percentage is the athlete is actually required to do more auto-regulation than what I like to call the God protocol, where this week you're lifting 225. Oh, thank you, a wise one. I pray I don't, I pray I don't lose. And then you see these guys going, Coach so-and-so put this weight on the bar today. I wasn't my best coach. I apologize. I'll be better. Horse crap. First off, Coaches aren't gods. We do not know everything. I don't care how many letters you have on your name. You do not know everything. I don't know what he's put in his mouth. I don't know what, I should say he or they. I want to be inclusive. I don't know what they've put in their mouth, what they're drinking, what they're sleeping, if they're stressed, if they're having emotional issues, if they're having a psychotic break and they got to go to counseling. I don't know. Yeah, all those things are a factor. Exactly. It allows me to factor that. So when I said I like to do heavy singles. Throughout the year. And the reason I think a heavy single at an eight is a heavy single at an eight is roughly 92.2% of your estimated max for the day. So if you were to redline it that day, Mm. it's around 90% of what you could hit. Something you could really hit for a triple. 
Now, the reason you want to calculate it is because when you calculate it, you go 300 divided by 0.922, whatever that number is. Then you take that and you can find your drop sets when they're prescribed. If you're taught correctly. (laughs) So here's something I have a question about because I was asked, I was talking with this, with this kid Mm -hmm. um, and he was, so I had him out in the gym. We were working on some deadlifting stuff Mm -hmm. and I was having him do, you know, sets of five. We weren't, we weren't going crazy because we were working on a back injury, but I had him doing sets of five with a weight that he could reasonably do without too much stress or strain on him. Mm -hmm. And I watched him. And he started, he, dude, he rode the bar every time down. And I was like, bro, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, what? This is, I go, what? Why are you riding the bar down? That's half your problem. Yeah. And he was like, well, this is like, this is how, what? This is how it goes. And I'm like, no, like if, if you can't, if you can't control that bar down, at least for me, I was like, you don't have the lift. Like you're not like, you're letting everything go. Or is that is or or am I miss or like do I just not understand the sport? And if you're doing triples, it's because it's you guys are doing such huge weight that you almost can't control it down, like touch and go. So the you so the so there's so with powerlifting, really, if you strip it down to its essence, you really you want to get good at doing singles. Well, sure. You want to be good at your your giant sets. I program giant sets. Ask any of my clients they've hit that set of eight at nine. They hate me for it. But singles is what you want to be proficient at. So I train my athletes to do reset reps. So if I say a set of five, you hit you hit that first rep, you hold on to the bar, you, you hold on to the bar coming down because in comp you can't just drop it the deadlift. Oh really? So, yeah, you, okay. have to, you can't you don't have to ride it like you know, like a high school kid kind of running it down his shins because he thinks he's gonna throw his back out. You just have to keep your hands on it. Well, that's what I'm, so when I say riding the bar, I mean he's up and then he almost drops it, so to speak, but just lets his hands follow yep. it down. There you go. That's what you want to do. Okay. And I'm going, but mm, you can't let it totally go. You can't. You don't. You let it go. I guess what I'm saying is, I, I, well, yeah, his hands were on it. But what I was watching was losing all rigidity in his spine, losing all oh, of yeah, his, yeah, yeah. No, right? No. Yeah, like losing all of his form as he's riding this thing down. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Okay. That's okay. So, so that's what we, we have. So that's why I was working with him on, Hey, look, we need to do touch and goes because you need to know how to keep that rigidity and that tension in mm. your spine and that intra abdominal pressure exactly the whole way down rather than just falling apart yep. and drop and, and ride, riding it down to the floor. Exactly. And so I do touch and goes can be prescribed sure. usually, but I save them for, um, I say before, like people who have trouble maintaining tightness. Okay. Like like you were doing. So yeah, fair. I'll have a lighter set and you can do touch and goes. You also don't have to agree with me, but No, I you know, here's the thing. <laughs> you about, can push back on me. Here's the thing about a green though. I'll just I'll just throw you I'll just kick you out of the podcast. <laughs> here's the thing about a green. I used to be very dogmatic. Um, ask my coach, ask anybody who knows me. I used to be very dogmatic. And that's because I used to watch the old school dudes. I used to think that you when you squatted, you sat into your hips and everything was on your heels and all this stuff and you know, you know, uh, guys like Matt Wenning, they're, they're God and nobody can ever defy them. And then I realized, I woke up and I said, you know what? Everybody's not the same. Not everybody wears a 4X t-shirt like me. Not every dude that weighs the same as me looks yeah, I'm, like I'm me. I'm going to have so. to order you a special t-shirt. I'll get you one, but yeah. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I was. Funny, funny thing too, All my both my sponsors are like, hmm, we're going to have to find suppliers that make 4X. <laughs> can you fit in a 3X? 
I will not fat man stretch a shirt. I it, 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 I'm, I'm 33 years old. I'm not fat man stretching shirts. I just won't wear it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there's the so that's so that's but in powerlifting the touch and go, the touch and go is like usually you see it as kind of like guys want to throw something on and they really want to rep it. Most of the time they're showing out because with the touch with the heavy touch and go the way a lot of people use them, they're at you know something that's like an RPE nine. Gotcha. Or it's like a you know it's like a nine and a half. And they're, what they're doing is they're letting it crash down to the ground so they can get a good bounce. And that brings them up out of that off the ground. And then they, they kind of almost look like they're doing an RDL. Right. I'm not, I'm not down with that, man. No. I don't, I don't like that. I, I, I like them to reset the reps because I need you to practice. I want clean form on every set. It's harder to reset your reps a lot of times because you're, you have to stop everything get retight reposition. So they have their place but everything has everything has to be used properly. It's it's like right now you got the whole vegan trend. You you got the magic meat. You got what is it mystery meat? I don't know what that crap is. All yeah. I all I know is when I go to the store and I see the the the, the beyond sausage it looks like the dude it looks like <laughs> sausage that needs TRT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm not. You know, I need. I need meat products. Exactly. But everyone, see, every, we're in a society right now where everyone wants to demonize everything. One thing is the fault. Yeah. One thing is the fault. It's like it's like they want to take a maga hat and they want to slap it on carbs. They want to slap it on meat. Meat's not the issue. No. Our American Western association with meat is cheeseburgers, um, deli meats, processed meats. I like deli meat and I like cheeseburgers in moderation. Is as much moderation as I should. No, I shouldn't, but I still like them. But you know what? There's a lot of research on red meat, lean cuts of it, top round, sirloin. I don't know, have in New York. If you're on, if you're depending on what your macros call for, cut the outside of the fat up. But there's more vitamins, there's more minerals, there's more to it. Well, and there's a ton of people. I mean, now I'm not on that. I mean, I'm not on that train. I don't, I don't, I haven't experimented with it, but you know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing the whole, uh, carnivore diet, you know, and they're seeing some level of benefits, but again, they're getting dogmatic about stuff. And, and I liked your point because what I was going to say, and you beat me to the punch was human movement. Human movement is varied because humans are varied, mm-hmm. right? And we all have different anatomy, different res- things that we're tight at and other things. And so there is, there might be a, a most efficient way of doing something, but the percentage of the people that have the ability to do it at the most efficient way possible, mm-hmm. they're so small, you're never going to find them. So you got to figure out, look at the way people move mm-hmm. and work within that. Not saying you can't improve their movement, but you, but not everybody's deadlift is going to be the same. There are principles that people got to follow but it's not all going to look yeah, the same. Yeah, exactly. It, it was, well, that's a good point. So, um, oh, man, I had that thought. And I and I just I no, interrupted no, no, you're, you. You're, no, 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 you're good. You're good. I, I I had the thought. It was a. I'm trying to think what it was. It was it had to do with form. We were talking about varied movement. Everybody's form is going to look a little different. Principles. I'm trying to think. I had deadlift in my head. I had hook grip in my head. Oh, you know. So I'm gonna. So I'm looking at this aspect. So right now you have people the the conversation between hook grip and mixed grip mm. you know there's people coming out saying well you know what i'm doing hook grip because i think the underhand side is overdeveloping 
Mm. Did you get a DEXA scan? No, but I feel it. Oh, okay, Chad, you felt it, and you you felt it when you were flexing in the mirror with the lighting. You didn't get a damn DEXA scan, so you don't know. Yeah. So, but but there's but it's not going to change it. The reason you would want to maybe go to hook grip is one: Have you torn a bicep? Do you are you getting to the point where you're feeling that strain? Sure. Or positioning. My coach wants me to try hook grip because when I pull with straps. My shoulder position is much better. Hmm. My hip position is much better. I get more slack out. Hmm. And I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm not yanking on the bar. I'm driving my hips through as opposed to that thing where people pull with their upper back. And they got their knees bent. They're like, I'm locked out, bro. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So I, I try and hook grip. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm a wuss. Because everyone's like, yeah, it just, it just hurts for a little while. I'm like, well, it hurts. It, hurt, it hurts a lot. <laughs> I have the, my tape, and, and I kind of like, I look at, I got a few clients, they're like 18, 19. And well, how long have you been practicing hook gripping? Oh, off and on for maybe like two weeks or so. Okay. So hook gripping is one of those things that I, I used to mix grip or whatever, mm-hmm. and I luckily got introduced to Olympic lifting early on when I was in, we had a really, really good coach when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and you you didn't dare mix grip. And so it's one of those things that now I can't lift any other way. And, and it was me being able to do uh, 500, do a, a deadlift over 500 without any straps at all. Mm-hmm. And being able to having that hook grip, being able to hold in there. Cause we don't have, nobody's got straps around here in a CrossFit gym. <laughs> I've seen them, man. I'm sure some guys have they them. They don't have them uh, any here. No, you, they got the, I've, I've seen some of the weightlifting ones cause I'm friends with one. No, but you're right. That's the, and so I want to, I need to get past that pain, th- pain threshold. So I, I play with it here or there. Yeah. Um, my goal is I'd love to be by September when I compete again, have it down. Sure. Um, but also it's exposing things to weigh when I mix my grip, how I'm tightening things. So when I mix my grip, I'm not, the way my positioning changes. So then I'm not tucking my lats in like I should. I'm just pulling my rear delts tight. I'm keeping all of my tension in my upper lats. So then when I go to pull and drive my hips through, I start that pulling motion where you want to keep everything in your lower lats and core and you just want to stand up and drive the weight through. And see, I, I listen to a, I watch, do, do you follow Chris Duffin? Yeah, yeah, dude, man. Kabuki, Kabuki strength. Love that. Dude. I've got some. I've got a cup. I've got a shopping cart full of stuff that I can't pull the trigger on. Oh, but man. I can't wait till I can. Like I want that trap bar. I want that transformer bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to get the geisha. We have the uh, at MD. We've got the open trap bar. We have his. Uh, we have we have his Cadillac bar, and uh, his, we have his Duffalo bar. His new trap bar. The one that's open. Yeah, yeah, that like moves all kinds of crazy mm, yeah, ways. You, can, you, you roll it up to put the weight on. People in quarantine were actually squatting with it. I'm sure you could do all kinds of dude. That guy's a mad. That guy's a mad scientist. He's amazing. I love the dude. Yeah. I love. I love his ideologies. He he made a video that changed the way I coach deadlift. Yeah, changed the way I deadlift. One of my clients said, actually, the owner of. Uh, Iron Bunker Chris sent it to me. He said, "Hey, bro, check this out." So if you guys don't know who Chris, uh, it's who. D- Duffin, Chris Duffin. Yeah, Chris yeah. Duffin. Right, is he's a, he's a power lifter, weight lifter. He, 
I think this is his company, right? Kabuki Strength? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's got a company, Kabuki Strength. But go check it out. So you guys have this bar here? Yep, we got that so one right there. So we're, we're looking at, the, at his trap bar. It's basically an open hex bar that is awesome. Oh, yeah, it's great. You can, well, so one side has fat grips and it's lower. One side is, one, no, the fat grips and it's higher. One side is lower and it's got the thinner grip. So, but you can also move those handles, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can move them around. And yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. Awesome. Anything he makes really is awesome. I mean, a lot of people, some people don't like his barbells because the knurling's too rough, like for squats. And I kind of like that rough knurling, you know, because mm -hmm. I've noticed if you got a good quality bar, I don't even got to chalk my back. Yeah. Um, the knurling gives enough. You got enough meat on your back. But I love the dude. Have you seen this? I've seen that one. Yeah. I, I, I want Marcos to get. I don't know if he will. That I want Marcos to get. A, I want Marcos to get a. I want him to get a combo rack first. If he's hearing, he's gonna hear this. He'll be like, "What's up, dog?" <laughs> yeah, right. Tell him to get a K or not a K box. Well, you can get a K box, but they have that other one, the the Kratos. Yeah. The the flywheel. Yeah, have I you want, seen that thing. I I've heard of it, but I haven't I haven't looked it up yet. Let's see. Uh, here we go. The Kratos flywheel. So this thing. So basically, you know, a flywheel right works, right? So the fast, right? So as you pull up, that flywheel gets going, 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 go sp start spinning faster. But then guess what? You got to go back the other way with it. And so that flywheel, so you got to try and stop that flywheel and get it going the other way. It's a, it's a terrible, horrible piece okay, of Okay, yeah. Machinery. You know what? I have seen in some of his, uh, some of his YouTube videos. Not YouTube, his uh, Instagram where he, he'll actually haul his equipment around. Yeah. So he'll... He'll get his workout sometimes in the forest. Yeah, it's like a three thousand. Like it's like a three thousand. Are you talking about him or the Liver King? No, I'm talking about. Uh, oh, okay. Because I'm like Liver King. You follow that dude? I've I've heard I've seen the memes, bro. <laughs> I've seen the memes. I love that he still is holding on to the fact that he's. I, I'm I'm convinced more than ever that he's not. He keeps he's he swears that he's natty, but whatever. Maybe he eats enough red meat to have you know to be the that vascular. Be that vascular? I don't know, bro. I mean. Here's the thing about Natty, though. Here's here's the whole thing about that in, the, in our community. I hate people who put Natty in their bio. Why are you putting Natty in your bio? Why are you trying to... That's a flex, bro. It's a, it's a virtue sign. It's, it's stupid. <laughs> it's stu it holds it's, a, it's a subtle flex. It makes people uneducated. It's, it panders to the ignorant. Because here's the, here's the problem with it. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about when we say Natty, that's people who are natural, who aren't using, um, shall we say, supplements from Mexico. Man... We're going to call it testosterone because in 2022, you can actually go to your doctor and the insurance will pay for you to get your test levels up where they need to be. Here's the problem. Though. But how, so here's the question. So I actually legitimately, and only reason I'm getting defensive is because I did, I did jab myself with a test needle this morning. I did inject some testosterone every Tuesday and Friday. Uh, but so here's the question I have, right? So yeah. if a guy is, is using supplements, so this is where I, I, I would still consider myself natural mm -hmm. only because, and I'm not going to put natty in my bio, but because, dude, I had like postmenopausal woman testosterone levels, like, oh, yeah. like 300 to 1,000 supposedly is the, the, the range, right? And a guy of my age, who I'll be 40 in a couple months, should be somewhere in the like six to 800 range, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I was 110, bro. No. 
So like that's there's a whole quality of life thing there. Oh, there's yeah. no like not sleeping, dude. I was training six days. I was doing CrossFit six days a week, Wife trying to eat. Cl- yeah, right. Trying. To, I was <laughs> moody. I was eating clean, dude, but couldn't like make body comp changes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like obviously I started doing you know taking my testosterone and dude I put on like five, six, seven pounds of muscle without even trying because like my body was screaming for it. Yeah, you're using the body. You're getting the re- reaping the benefits of that you should from your training. Sure. Also keeping yourself healthy. You mentioned something, the mood swings. With low testosterone comes depression. Yeah. Comes mood swings. Yeah. With low testosterone. Let me re- reiterate, guys, low testosterone. And that's what's funny. People are like, so dude, are you like a raging beast now? Are you super like angry, roid raging? I'm like, dude, I can keep my friggin' emotions in check now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so much more on the level. Like, I'm happy. I don't, I don't, I used to get angry at the drop of a hat. Like, no, nah, I can keep it, I can keep it relatively in check now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great. I got a brother-in-law. He's, 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 he's been on it for a while. He's great now. He's happy. He's not grouchy. He can actually hold a little bit of weight, whatever little weight he's going to hold. So yeah, I'm an advocate of it. But well, let's drop back now to 2022 and testosterone. You can use you. It's 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 not it's, it's they, becoming they, not demonized. Oh, okay. They allow you to use it in in competition. But that's the problem. You can't use it in competition, but they have untested divisions. Oh, okay. And I like that. Yes. Yeah. So because here's the thing: if you don't ever want to touch, you want to go the route of, you know. Um, sourcing Kenyan Tonka beans and whatever the hell, <laughs> ashwagandha, whatever you think works, whatever you want to pray to the, to the Lion King that those little magic Rafiki herbs are going to do, go ahead and do it. That's that's your prerogative. It doesn't work. So there's people who are actually sick. There's women, women who need it. Yeah. You know, I, I got a, I got a friend. She was done figure, kills it in the gym, eats, does everything right, cannot let go of the cellulite on her legs. She goes into a clinic. Her estrogen's through the roof. Just a little bit of testosterone to blend her, to even her out. She's lost all that cellulite. She can wear shorts now. She's happy. She actually can get work done. Yeah. Now, what we have a problem with is, first off, in our and you grew up with the generation I did, we they still do it. They demonize it. Oh, they yeah, tell dude. you, oh, they call it a steroid. Dude, people all the time are like, so, so what are you trying to get, like, super jacked, bro? And I'm like... No, I just want to feel good. And if I get jacked in the process, all more power to me. It's man. a side effect. Yeah, it's a, like my body's my body's getting what it needs, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I and this is going to sound, but I'm like, don't be mad because I I haven't given up on my on my body yet. Like, don't get mad that I still go to the gym and try to lift heavy weight. Like, no, you shouldn't. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, no, I'm not trying to get jacked. I'm trying to take care of my body. Like, exactly. I, older the older we are, we should. Um, it's going to maintain bone density. It's going to help your free testosterone. It's going to help keep you prote- protected to disease and, and viruses. Um, you know, there's more than wearing a napkin on your face that protects you from virus people. Um, there's more than getting jabbed and having a cheeseburger that's going to do that for you. Um, being strong, having muscle, being functional. And I'm not saying wear toe shoes, go in the gym, and try to balance on the trap bar for functionality. No. I mean, having a strong back that can support your spine and you not and, and be able to hold and support things is functional. You're not throwing your back out, picking up a, an empty trash can. You're, you're not, you're able to carry your kid and car seats and groceries and things like that. I, you know, I don't take, I know I, I, I talk a ton, bro. That's why we're here, <laughs> but good, I had, man. Uh, I had one of my early clients, um, 
when I first started, it was one of my first ones. By the way, that water is yours if you need it. It is? Oh, man. I brought one. I'll probably tear into it because I got to get more water. I'm terrible with hydration. Um, so this guy, he, uh, when I was coaching him, his back was horrible. Dude would throw it out sneezing. He couldn't carry a case of Costco water. Yeah. Trained with me for close to a year. Could carry co- can carry Costco water. Pick up, play with his kids, toss them around. The quality of life, man. But we we get so stuck in these in our opinions, and we're afraid to change. If you learn, you can change. I was percentage based. Squat on your heels and your hips. All this, you know, trying to take equipped style training and apply it to raw lifting, and it doesn't work. I opened my mind. I said, you know what? It's not the end of the world if your knees track forward on your squat. Hey, you know what? If somebody needs heeled shoes, they, they, they need them. Yeah. Dude, nose uh, not nose over toes. Knees over toes guy, Love dude, that. is making a killing off of, right? Like mm-hmm. throw, turning the conventional wisdom of previous generations was knees should never track out over your toes. You got to get your butt as far back as possible, right? I was similar... Growing up, it was, you know, push through your heels when you're doing your squats and stuff. And now, bro, I, I, if I, I don't squat in anything but either my bare feet or my Vivo. I wear Vivo barefoot shoes now. Are those the ones that look, that <laughs> look like little ninja shoes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, dude. That's all I wear now. I tried to put on, sorry, Nike. I tried to put on some Metcons the other day. Dude, I felt like my feet, I felt like I was in what, like a, like I was in, like early Japan or China having like the little foot binders put on. Yeah, me. yeah, like those old school church shoes we had growing up. Okay, I see. See, yours don't look as bad. See, all no, the reason I- why I like these Vivo Barefoot, shout out to Vivo Barefoot if you want to send me some shoes. Um, <laughs> the reason why I like these Vivos is because they're actually stylish. They're like actually a shoe that I'm not embarrassed to wear. Like, like I, I don't do the five finger toes thing. No, those dudes are weird. But, but it's so foot shaped. But here's the other thing. Um, oh, yeah. Roll that. I mean, I rolled that up into a. I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm all about that. That's the nicest. I see the people, the ones I've seen, they're like all black and they look like grandpa shoes. I like that you got the ones with the white sole. I like to be stylish still. Yeah, but I see. I'm I'm all about flats. See, when I, I I didn't buy the knees over toes program. Sure, but he puts out a lot of free content, just like Squat University and just like the Ready State. Exactly. So I do incorporate a lot of his things because I did at one point have weak knees. Mm-hmm. My coach will tell you at one point, um, I let my body weight go way too high. I was pushing 400. Dude, um, what are you now? Uh, about 350, 360. He's a, a big boy. Um, Makes me feel small. <laughs> you're pretty, you're bigger than I thought, man. When you came up, the, like, the pipes on this dude. <laughs> but um, I was, my knees were weak. They were inflamed. I couldn't, I, dude, I couldn't get on my knees to bathe my daughter. That's, dude, that's something that'll put you, that'll put things into perspective real quick. Dude, there was a point after I just got married, I got out of breath putting my shoes on one time and I went, screw this. We got to change. Oh, exactly. Especially um, the culture we grew up in. So, you know, I, um, I got. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to ask very, apparently today's society is a very insensitive subject, but he's clearly doesn't look like me. So. I'm gonna ask him where what his what his background is. I don't know if there's another PC way to ask that dude, but no. Where do no. people come from, brother? <laughs> I'm cool, man. I like that generation. I ask it too. Oh, I'm from uh, so I'm from New Mexico, but I'm half Hispanic, half black. 
Oh, uh, for real? I still say black. Dude, I was going to peg you as Polynesian, bro. You know what? A lot of people do. Um, I think it's the size. See, I'm not athletic. That's what my giveaway <laughs> is. I'm, I'm big but unathletic. Um, funny Dude, thing those is, Polynesian brothers are massive and are athletic as can be. I actually uh, train with, um, I know the uh, the Pete family, uh, Todd Pete. Um, their their brother's Andrus Pete. He plays for the, uh, plays for the Saints. So the family I grew up with in Mesa that I knew pretty well was the Levitao family. I've heard that. And I'm gonna, I, I and I'm gonna mess. I'm, I don't want to disrespect. I I don't remember if they're Tongan or Samoan, and I know there's a thing about that. So we'll just say they're Polynesian. <laughs> well, those names are hard because uh, the uh, those islands were at one point had French going through, Portuguese, Spanish. Yeah, man. They had people coming through from uh, from Mongolia, or. Um, trying to think of the other place uh the philippines which the philippines has a lot of uh spanish influence obviously um so that's why the names will sound funny because when i lived in uh when i lived in uh, thatcher arizona there's this dude uh, oh you lived in thatcher i did i went to junior college there man <laughs> oh did you go money. to ea i did man eight hundred dollars a semester when i was there you made money going to school yeah the the guy who owned the hawaiian joint there um his wife he kept pronouncing her name wrong, her main name wrong. He kept saying Natividad. I'm like, that's funny. That must be that island thing. And then one, I was on the Facebook, you know, years later, and I was looking. I was like, the hell? That's Natividad. That's Spanish. <laughs> and then my wife's like, oh, yeah, she's Filipino. Get out of here with all that stuff. He, 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 this dude was kind of like, this dude was, he, he wanted to be Polynesian. To the point where he used to tell people that Blair was actually a Polynesian name. Ooh, I said his name. You can get me now. But uh <laughs> we can beep, we can put beep over that if you want. <laughs> yeah, he's, beep, dude, he ain't gonna listen to this. Beep that no, he's he's in he's in his own thing. But it just was funny because my back my back my degree is uh, Spanish linguistics. Oh, right on. So I'm I'm fluent in Spanish, Portuguese. Um that's what I do for PayPal. Oh, right um, on. I basically police South American small businesses and uh, I let them pass, so I shut them down. So I can I can pick all that up just by looking at the name. So it just kind of was funny because you were pronouncing it wrong. And I was like, you know what? It might be like a Filipino name that they're sticking that pronunciation. Well, right, because what like I know I had some friends that lived in the Philippines for a while, but like so como estas, right? Like yeah. that's hey, what's up? How are you? Mm-hmm. But it's kamustica yep. in Tagalog, right? So like it's it's basically como estas, but it's kamustica. What happens is they they listen to their they listen to whoever took over start talking who's in charge, and whatever dialect they have already gets mixed in with this. So when I lived in uh, Cape Verde, Africa, that's their Creole. Africa. Yeah. So Africa. Bro, you've been everywhere, dude. So only the only places I've been out of the country is Africa and Mexico. Okay. And that's only because they're both paid for one by my church and one by a pest control company I sold for. Right on. <laughs> so when I lived there. Um, Doing my church time. Where'd you live in Africa? Uh, Cape Verde. It's off the west coast. That's the oh, is that Spanish? Uh Portuguese. A little Portuguese. Islands. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's quite a few Portuguese-speaking countries out there. Yeah, yeah. There's French, Portuguese. There's some Dutch, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, South Africa. You got Afrikaans, mix of Dutch and English, but yeah. Lots, of, lots, and lots of English, man. I tell you what, I could not understand like the guys from Ghana or Nigeria when I first got there because they. Their tribal dialect and impacted their accent, and sure. then they had that British English. And I'm like, Monday, you're gonna have to tell me what you just said again for the third time. <laughs> but they, um, so their their dialect was heavily based with the Portuguese, but you so you could see it in it. But you know, whatever 
whatever dialect they they had when they you know they were roping them up to go work the fields right. that's what mixed in with their with their owners but you know what's funny is the way i'm talking the way i'm looking at it now sometimes are frowned upon but i like that history i like knowing where things come from because it ties in also to the way you train i like knowing people's backgrounds they you learn about their genetics sure why certain things are a certain way um i'm always fat i can always tell when i see a when i see a, i'm gonna say white I'm sorry, guys. Bro, we're white. Caucasian sounds weird. Bro, I'm white. You're brown. Thank you, man. Simplified. So I said, You're, well, <laughs> more like a more like a nice nice pecan mochaccino. I thought I was dark, man. You You're kind of dark. Well, see, with New Mexico, that we're all mainly Spanish. Yeah, as much as yeah. And so, you know, a lot of my friends look like you, dude. Oh yeah. Well, and, you should see me in the summertime. I spend and, a lot of time outside. Yeah. So I came here. And I'm like, these dudes are four feet tall, blacker than me. They're from Mexico. What is happening? Well, bro, you go to like, so somebody, I was listening to an interview. Somebody talk about, uh, you got, you got a little girl. So you've been listening and watching in Canto, I'm sure on repeat. Um, but I was listening to an interview. One of the actors or actresses from like had, was from Colombia, And they were like, yeah, like that looked like my family. You can have somebody who looks European as can be. Mm-hmm. And then your uncle is borderline purple. Yeah. Like just dark, 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 dark. The genetics and where they work and where they play and manifest is fascinating to me. You because you're you know so much history in a person and why they got there. I have a client or I, I call them an athlete. I like I said, No, they're athletes, they dude. They're not yeah, they're athletes. You and, got a body, you move, you're an athlete. When I say client, I feel like I'm the guy that's taking taking Judith through her workout in the gym. Okay, honey, you, you can do three more reps. And then you know what? You go get you an in and out, and you deserve it, girl. I'll see you next week at seven. You know, <laughs> EOS, whoever's just taking their money. So I like to say athletes. Yeah, they are. To, to well, separates you, it. you guys are athletes. So this guy, he's a, I think I'm getting right. He's a first generation American. His family came over from uh, Serbia. Oh, right on. This dude was born to live there in hardship, from what he tells me, because they, his parents left because of the hardship. Dude's big. Bro, those Eastern Bloc countries. He's, he's they're, he's they're built for hardship. This dude is this dude isn't. When I first met him, I was looking at him at the gym like, oh man, this dude's gonna blow some smoke, man. And tall people freak me out. That's another thing. Did it, is, is he, here's the other thing that throws people for a loop, dude. You get some some Serbian. Is he Muslim? He's Serbian. Oh no, but is he Muslim? No, no. Oh, because there's a big, huge Muslim population in Serbia. Oh yeah, they're yeah. Those dudes are big. Yeah, those dudes are huge. This dude, he kind of reminds me of a. Uh, I always. I always call him a. I always I always say his full name because well, religiously, right? They're Muslim. Yeah, it's, it's Alexander, but I think of Alexander the Great because he's got these golden locks, and he just commands a presence. Yeah, speak. I love the dude. One of my favorites. But you can tell his genetics prepared him for hardship, and he's taking things like the weights and just playing with them, taking sports and playing with them, and so you're seeing. That now in powerlifting, you're seeing these guys like I don't know if people know this guy Russell or he his, his Instagram's Russ Swole. Hmm. He looks like a, he's jacked like a bodybuilder. Okay, kind like, a house, kind of like a Ronnie Coleman type guy. Yeah, but he only weighs around 180. Oh, okay, 185. Can squat over seven. He benches mid fours, pulls low to mid sevens, and the IPF heavily drug tested. Jeez. He played Division One football. As we both know, people who play Division One, Division Two sports are the upper echelon of society. Dude, they're, you know, their genetics are king. They're prime. And if you don't think and don't tell me it's Wheaties and hard work, because it's not. 
I hate to tell you it only will get you so far. I love it. No, dude, I've said this to people before. Like this whole idea, this whole nonsense that if you work hard enough, you can play in the in the NBA. Uh, no, the NBA not in my was never going to be in my future. The NFL. I had a puncher's chance, but I but I have a busted up neck. But like my gifts, I'm six foot, weigh two forty five. No way I'm playing in the NBA. Plus I can't dunk. <laughs> too short, actually. Six foot, six feet is too you, short. Like you would think these legs. Like I mean, you had Muggsy Bogues, who was like five two, five three, but dude had handles and dude had hops and could and and was fast. What's well, the that's a that's an outlier. Yeah, he could. He was able to. He was able to take his advantage, his disadvantage, make an advantage. There's a little very few. Is that's another problem too? You have the outliers. They look at. Um, they look at Amanda Ann. Amanda Ann, when she squats, her knees, they damn near clap, kind of like Tia Toomey. I have a problem with her squat, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go in on her. I'm gonna stick to my sport. Okay. So Amanda Ann's knees cave very hard. She's a. She's an IPF World Champion. Very seasoned lifter. I will not take anything away from. her. I'm not even gonna critique that. Here's why. She's at the high level she is, squatting 500-plus pounds. Okay. Raw with sleeves. Her knee cave is, from what I can tell and every other coach, high-level coach can tell, it's just within her genetics. She's a genetic outlier where that is how her body functions. That's that how her? it's going to work. Yeah. That's a woman built for oh, hardship, man. brother. I, I saw her at the Arnold uh, 2019 when I was there. Man, she... She is, she she is built else. like a brick house. Well, you feel good about yourself. She's terrifying. Hey, you feel good about yourself. You get on the Instagram and you see her hit like 545 and you're just like, I'm not going to post my lift now. I'm going to go rethink my life choices. <laughs> I might get into gardening, but her knees cave. So then yeah. everybody wants to say, well, her knees cave. I'm like, sir, you're 300 pounds. You can squat 225. No, no, no. Force your knees out, brother. Right? Activate your glutes. People want to be the outliers. Uh, Pete Rubish. Everyone wanted to have severe back rounding because Pete Rubish's back just would round. Well, Pete Rubish is an outlier. And here's the thing about that. That dude's back, he started with it rounded, and it doesn't move. No, his bone density is now meant for that. Well, right, but it doesn't move. That's the That with your spine is the mm-hmm. critical element. Doesn't matter where you start it. If it doesn't move... Chances are you're not going to get hurt. Exactly, you're braced upright. But they, but see, people want an excuse for things. They want an excuse for for them to have for them to do a good morning squat. Well, I I, I have, I I have uh, long femurs. Oh, oh, okay, that's cool. Is that you, you? Don't gotta. Is that her right there? Yeah. Is it Nikkei? Dude, that's how she. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, but you know what? Wow. No, she, she's an outlier, bro. That that she's an outlier. Her upper echelon. Dan down the street? No, you're not. You're like everybody else, and that comes into programming. Programming nowadays is hard. Coaching is a little bit hard because um, everyone is looking at the guys on Instagram being flashy, doing all these different things, telling you all these buzzwords. And honestly, good, as you know, good, solid coaching, wherever it's at, is boring. It's mundane. Um, A lot of coaching is, and the programming is, um, keeping people within reasonable, reasonable um, areas of recovery, and making sure they're not they're not frying themselves out. And you're kind of you're kind of nudging them along and where they need to go. Uh, programming 
is a prerequisite for this coaching for coaching. Right. It's a prereq. You should know how to program. If you don't know how to program, don't even think about it. Don't pull up a damn YouTube video how to program. Right. What separates you as a coach, and people may not agree with me, but that's okay. That's America. We can do that. Is what how you connect with that athlete, how you're able to bring the best out of them. What is different about you? You can throw the program at them, but if you don't have your way of following up, your way of connecting with them, getting them to connect with you, you're not going to coach them. You, Yeah, every coach, every every coach, you can have a, I'm going to send a program out. I want you to send me your videos and I'll critique them. Great. They don't video their crap all the time. And if they do, they don't send it to you. It's on Instagram. So you got to go through there, find it. You got to ask for it. You have to follow up and you have to learn a lot of psychology. Uh-huh. How they work, what motivates them, what's going to help them see themselves. And I always tell people about um, coaching is I tell all my cl- all my athletes and clients this. I tell them, look, you will be great without me. You don't need me. You don't need anybody. You are awesome. You will be awesome without anybody. The only thing I'm doing is just showing you how great you are. I'm pulling the wool over your eyes and showing you how great you can be. Because you're doing the work. You're in the gym. You're deciding it. You're filming it. You're doing the drops. So that win is yours. Do not praise. And I appreciate it. When they tag me, I repost. I I appreciate that, guys. I love it. Thank you. But know that it was you that won. And at the same token, it's you that loses. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when you see coaching, they want to... You know, when they give a win, it's like, I couldn't be here without my coach. He's everything, a father figure, brother, mother. He's replaced my whole family, believe it or not. He's just great. <laughs> and then when they lose, <laughs> it flips. It's my fault. I didn't train right. I was lazy. I didn't eat. I didn't drink water. No, 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 no. Ride it out. He cannot be, he's, he, he's not God. He can't be the only person. He can't be only good things. Right. He can't be responsible for the wins and not the losses. But that's why I like the athletes to take responsibility. That's why true, properly programmed, I'm, I'm going to say this, guys, properly programmed RPE allows for auto-regulation, allows for confidence. When my athletes come up to a meet, they already know what their openers are. I see this crap on Instagram. This might be my opener. I'm finding my openers. How in the hell are you finding your openers? You don't know what your opener is at? You, you, why, why don't you know what your opener is at? Well, what's crazy to me is when I see people fail their opener. They don't know. They're, that's the problem with percentage base. It's great. It can work sometimes. But people always put this lofty goal and they work off the percentages to that goal. Well, I'm sorry. You may not be there. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Because if you're not okay with not getting to a goal you set, then you're not going to make it in this sport. You can set. You can want to go to the stars. And if you land on the moon, damn it, that's not that bad. Right. You can land on the moon because from the moon to the stars is a shorter distance. Yeah. But they put that percentage out there and they set it. And so it's like, and then when they fill the lift, it's, it's, it's their fault. And, and, then, and then once you, once you, once you ratchet from 60 up to 70, 80, you're shot. You don't know what's going on because you haven't touched anything heavy all year. And then you do that. No. With the, with the way I run things, you're hitting heavy singles all year. So you're not seeing these huge PRs come peak time. But you've been maintaining something steady. So I'll use myself, for example. In the off-season, when I'm not training as rigorously, I'm not really focusing as much on my personal, tra- my own training. I'm focusing on my clients and athletes. I'm always good for like a 600, a 600-pound, 600 615-pound squat single. 
Jeez. in the pocket. I'm always good for that. When I'm in prep, I'm dialed in. I'm all the way focused. I'm between 6.35 and 6.50. Um, this last prep was a great prep. I, always, I stayed at 6.55 consistently for most of the prep. So I technically could have opened with 6.55. Sure. I like to open light. I open between 90% and 88%. I take big jumps. That's something that's one of the few things I learned from my previous coach. I learned a lot of bad stuff from that guy. A lot of terrible, toxic things from that guy. But I did learn a few good things. And you know what? The few good things I did learn, that's just part of life, going through things. But having the ability to take big jumps, a lot of people open high because they want to make a 10, 15-pound jump. Um, you should be able to jump 50 pounds, 25 pounds. I can jump 100 pounds if I need to. You ever catch people that are like, they think they got you? Because like you do your opener and everybody's like, what is this guy? And then all of a all sudden you make your jump. and I open between, I, I used to, <laughs> it's funny, I, one meet uh, I did last year was my comeback meet from being injured and, you know, stuff going down with my family. Um, in December, I opened at like 6.10. They were like, oh man, I think old boys lost it. Nah, man, I, I hit my third squad at 677. I had a lot more in the tank. I was just being conservative. So I'll start at the bottom, and then I'll make that jump. And people are like, well, that's that's a lot. It's not a lot of work, dude. It's just lifting. It's just three singles, bro. Quit putting so much on it. Quit acting like it's the end of the world. Like, oh, man, I hope I have enough in the tank to bench. I hope you do have enough in the tank to lay on a bench and press the bar up. And then get back and go sit in your lawn chair and eat your gummy bears, Because let's be honest, bro. Like, I, I, I hope. There's not a lot of – I have – I mean, I've – the, the power lifters that I have encountered are not exactly tall people, right? No. Plus, plus, dudes are thick with two C's. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they're not very tall. They got shorter arms. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of girth across their chest. What are you ta- that bar doesn't move that much, man. No, if you look at my, if you see my Instagram, you see the bar moving. <laughs> Bar, my stomach moves more than the bar, bro. <laughs> it's all finesse. I but t- it's still. But here's the thing. I'm not taking anything away. No, no, no. It's a lot of weight to move that even Speak that distance. Truth. But it's a lot of weight to move that yeah, distance. Yeah. But if you're gonna sit there and complain about a jump that you're making when you're moving the bar three inches three times, yeah, and you get like five, two to f- how many minutes do you get between each each single? Bro, some depending on the meat, man, you get thirty minutes. Yeah, so I, I, I would be more worried about getting cold. Yeah, you know what? That brings me to an experience. I, 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 had, I coached a guy for a small, a small meet over at American Raw. It was with like this weird, small-time fed. One of the best meets I've been to. Um, a lot of energy. I love that meet. Well, there's a CrossFitter guy who's from... Uh, Think, not, Do you remember the name? Majestic, they used to be Majestic oh, CrossFit. Dude, they're, they're, those they're guys. Ma- they're Majestic Fitness. They're savages over there, by the way. Oh, yeah. This homeboy was squatting dude, between attempts. That place is a they, – they breed some fire breathers. Oh, yeah. I've known – there's a couple athletes I know at American Raw that train there. They're awesome lifters. They're, they came from there, so they're super strong. Well, this dude – this guy was tripping out, bro. This cat was doing heavy singles in between his attempts. And I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting cold. One of the strongest lifters there that day. His work capacity, it blew people's minds because we were all rolling around on a foam rolling baton. Gummy bears <laughs> stuck in our beard. <laughs> smelling like Gatorade and urine. Just, <sighs> just rough. 
for no reason. It's all mental, bro. It's no. all. But here's the thing: it's part. But every sport has their rituals. Every sport has their culture, right? Yeah, but the the, the beliefs of your parents will damn you. <laughs> okay, fair so enough. You, if you can't evolve, you have to. My my ancestors lived in caves and huts. <laughs> and, 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 and threw spears and hunted on the field and, 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 and battled lions for food and all this stuff like Evolve. that. Evolve? Yeah, oh, that's great. But you know what? Hey, I'm going to be out there and say it. Thank you, Spanish, for coming here and showing me gunpowder and, and technology. I love my lights. I love my toilet that flushes. I love that, I, I, I love that I'm getting a, a quarter cow hand delivered today and I'm not out there trying to kill something in the wild. I love it. Okay, with that mentality, evolve. Right. So powerlifters need to start training like athletes, which brings me back to the way I get trained. And I apply it to my athletes. I've been given sets of eight and nine out of nine. Yeah. Sets of ten out of nine, and they go, oh, I'm a powerlifter. That kills your strength. No, it doesn't. You know what kills your strength? Being, being, being out of shape and not being able to get all nine attempts. Yeah. And now I have athletes who have terrible, like I've got a guy whose back is, it's pretty bad. Sure. So when he says, hey, I'm going to skip this last bench to save for deads, okay, great. Some young dude, um, you know, 20 years old, says he wants to skip his bench to get his deadlift. I'm like, dude, you haven't been following the program. And work on, you need to work on your, on your metabolic conditioning. Yeah, hit some sled, hit, hit some battle rope, some, you know, I, I've, I'm, learning, I'm getting core work done on the guy who, who hurt his hip. You know, core work, all those things to brace. We're not just, it's not all ammonia and, and, and doing the stupid <laughs> worshiping and all the crap talking like you're a WWE star. Oh. There's so much more that can prepare you. And then you get. Is that what's in that little bottle there, everybody? Yeah, it's, it's. Okay, I wasn't. It's, it's ammonia that it's basically equivalent to what they have in hospitals. Gotcha. Um, but like companies like Skull Smash, and I will shout them out, yeah. use them for years. Best ammonia. They sent theirs, and they um, they can mess with the formula so it doesn't attack you like you've passed out and have to be woken up. Yeah. But and and it's mostly pseudoscience, but it can agitate you enough to help you get your adrenaline going. I get what it is. It's trying it's trying to ramp up your nervous system. Yeah, you're just manipulating yourself. So one before, so I I mean I I'm sure that there might be some guys who do this, but before I hit one of my my PRs um, on a single, I had I told somebody. In the gym, yeah. I said I'm going to attempt this single. I said I'm when I get approach the bar. Don't tell me when you're coming. I want you to walk up behind me, take both of your hands, and smack me across oh, my yeah, upper traps as hard as you can. <laughs> Dude, I was pissed that I did that. Like, cause it hurt really bad. <laughs> But, but, dude, my nervous system was so jacked up, and it felt light. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people like the Slap City. Uh, my, my buddy Moses, um, he loves Slap City. This dude looks like a moose, bro. He loves Slap City. Is, is, that, is, is, is that the Vanilla Gorilla? No, no, Vanilla Gorilla. <laughs> he's a guy from Silver City. Or the Vanilla War Gorilla or whatever his oh, name no, no, is. no, no, no. Uh, I just have seen no, some of the dudes okay, so who Warren. post on your stuff, and, and dude, everybody's a gorilla, bro. Oh, my gosh. No, War, Uriah's cool. Uriah, the Silverback, that's his brand. Okay. He's actually coaching now, too. Good for him, uh, man. Silverback something is his LLC, but that's how he— That's what we call my dad, but we call him that for a different reason. <laughs> his hair is all white on top, and he has, like, he had these, like, you know, kind of the, the, the kidney patches, yeah, the kidney yeah. hair patches. 
Yeah, we so we start calling the silverback. <laughs> no, he this dude shorter than me. Oh jeez. Um, for, he's he's forty three. Okay. The last meet he did, he squatted a five seventy, maybe five seventy five. Uh, pulled, I think five eighty, five eighty four. Uh, deadlift or that was deadlift the pull when I said pull and then benched a three. Almost 380. I think he might have gotten 380. Okay. 43 years old, raw, in sleeves for the squat. Yeah. Um, dude's bad. He's a bad. Yeah. Dude, no, right? I just, I just, I love the names, dude. The vanilla, the, the vanilla gorilla and well, the you, war gorilla. You, and, you see my name? Yeah. I, I, that's what I was like, dude. Iron Blood Diablo. That's intense, brother. So, so I gotta tell you the origin. So <laughs> yeah. For, first thing to know. First thing to know. Powerlifting. Biggest nerd cult you'll ever run into. Well, I've also we were gonna. I was gonna talk about your your love of anime at some point. <laughs> Dude, I was like, what is with it? <laughs> dude, this dude, my lo- this dude loves anime. I do. I've got subscription to Crunchyroll, Funimation. I'm going to tell my son, find you a woman that loves you as much as Leon loves anime. <laughs> but she, anyway. will, she will love you. So my, my Instagram name, yeah. um, I actually pulled it from an a anime that came out like Five or six years ago, it's a Gundam. It's from the Gundam series. It's Iron Blooded Orphans. Okay. I was like Iron Blooded. Oh my god, that sounds awesome. That is hard. Well, yeah, throwing iron around. Iron yeah, and I'm blood. Like, I like that. And then, um, well, the I did a meet. It was my second, third meet, third competition ever. Um, I, I, my last deadlift was a six 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 sixty six. Oh. And uh, people were yelling Diablo, Diablo, because it was out in the West Valley. At a steakhouse, <laughs> and uh, it, I was like Iron Blood Diablo, so I put it there. And you know, my wife, you know, she 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 loves to tease me. Which, if you're if you can't tease your spouse, you and your spouse can't tease each other. Something's wrong. So we're we're always messing with each other. Uh, but it, it stuck. I never changed it. I'm not into. The, I'm not that person that I'm starting a new style. I, I'm gonna wear the uh, I'm, I'm gonna wear the the, the wide brimmed hat and and. And dress shoes with sweats, and I'm going to change my, my Instagram name. No, no, no. My Instagram, it's just that. But it's now part of my brand. Absolutely. Um, I, I was at Target, and one of my wife's old coworkers like, dude, that's Iron Blood. <laughs> I, go any, I, go, I go to meets. They know me. They know. They Iron Blood. Do you know you've arrived when, when you have a nickname that is universally known? You make the nickname. And that's the thing. People want to give their own nickname. I picked that out of my love for anime. Yeah. Um, as you can see, that's kind of, but that's also part of my brand. Yeah. A lot of my reels will get a lot of hits because I'll do that because nerd culture is coming to the surface. There's a niche, just like there's a lot of uh, lifters who are into Star Wars. Uh, Matt Scroggin out at Die Hard. Those guys are really into Star Wars. As soon as those guys are in meat prep, there's a lot of uh, Sith references. So is that what happened, dude? Was it a bunch of nerds just like realized <laughs> they became adults and they went, you know what? Maybe I should start lifting weights. You know what? Um, Really, powerlifting was for guys who couldn't cut it in sports, and they okay. wanted to keep going. Yeah, and but now, um, so now it's a it's, huge sport. It's growing. Yeah, it's growing. So you get elite athletes, but the the nerd culture has kind of come to fruition because I'm an adult, and I was a kid that got made fun of for watching Toonami in high school, and still watching as an adult. But now, as an adult, you can do what you want. Yeah, and so you see these basketball players um, getting custom gear made. I went to Hot Topic and uh, Forever 21. Dragon Ball Super shirts, Naruto. I'm a little pissed because the people buying them don't know what that is. They didn't sit through 900 episodes of Naruto to buy that shirt. They bought it because it looks cool. Same with the band shirts, you know. Uh, my wife is guilty of wearing the band shirts. 
She has a Grateful Dead shirt and a Smashing Pumpkins shirt. Did she listen? Did she listen? To I love you, honey. <laughs> no, she couldn't name one song. See, my wife feels that way. She uh, she wears um, you know, all these different band shirts, but she listened to them. Oh, okay. She was really into punk rock. Listen to Smashing Pumpkins. Listen to all those dudes. Um, so, but I like that it's out there because and it's now it's the it could, it could be, it, Well, and here's the thing, dude. You know what? If nothing else, is bringing more awareness to the stuff that you love. Exactly. And who cares if they don't appreciate it the same way you do? It's bringing more recognition to the stuff that you love. Exactly. And also, though, the beauty of the sports that we participate in can harbor those kids who are different, who don't fit into society. I I love CrossFit and, and weightlifting and powerlifting and these individual sports that you don't have to make a team. Yep. You don't have to make a cut to go compete and be competitive with yourself. So... Someone like myself, who, because of unmedicated ADHD, I had horrible, horrible communication skills, people skills. You know, I, I wasn't very, I didn't fit in. I, I was decent at football for a small town, so that kept me at bay. But if, I, if they would have told me that I could do the off-season lifting and turn that into a sport and just do that, I wouldn't have played football. I wouldn't have wrestled, wouldn't have ran track. I did all that to stay active because I'm predisposed to just being big, whether I sit down and do anything. So I'd rather not be, you know, rolling around in a wheelchair at the fries. I'd rather just be big and strong. So that's why I did sports. But if I could have power lifted over those sports, I would have done it. Well, and what's cool, too, what you're talking about there is that, like, yeah, some of these disaffected kids, right, who mm-hmm. they, they didn't make the basketball team or the football team or they may be looked at as were made, being made fun of and stuff. Dude, in, in a place like this, this is a heck of a lot better tribe for those kids to join, right, even mm-hmm. though it's an individual sport. There's a tribe. Dude, you see another power lifter? I, I know there's like a – What's up, dude? You, no, there is. You, you have crush, respect. You crush heavyweight too, bro. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're homies, right? You're and, right. And or you go to those meets and and everybody's sitting around talking, right? I mean, sure, I'm sure there's a few jerks in the group, but there isn't every sport. For the most part, yeah. But, but these, but but kids like that and people like that, dude. That's way better than them doing this than jumping on some 4chan Reddit thread and then going off and shooting a bunch of people or yeah, or, or, or killing themselves exactly. or right but this they're doing something that's giving them confidence because they're strong as can be and two that they they've got a whole group of friends now a whole community to be a part of that's why i love it i've my my clientele range my clientele has ranged from not a lot of my clients aren't whole i have people who struggle with depression i have people who struggle with different mental illnesses and they, we find common ground in this, and we bond. Me and you, I have never met you before. I didn't know no. you from Adam. But because we're in this game, we both strive for the same thing. We can, res- we can recognize each other right away because we have a, something in common that we're striving for. We have commonality, and commonality is so demonized. Now, we want to be so different. We want to we find our own color in the box of crayons that didn't exist before so we could make a splash. And try There's, to make everybody else feel bad for not being this. Exactly. There's more to it. There's more to it. Because at competitions, at powerlifting meets, it is the only time where you're going to see somebody cheer on the guy that could beat them. Absolutely. You're, it's the only time. It's one of the best times ever. There's people who go to meets for social, for social life. My social life, bro, is I finish my workout, and I, and I sit and I shoot, the, I shoot the shiz with Marcos, Ray, uh, all those dudes, those coaches at the gym, Nate. Actually, I like to do that, and then I sit and watch them train so yeah. I can learn. 
that's free. That's free game right there. Nobody people, people people sleep on free game, bro. Yeah. Oh no, you have to pay somebody for that. Yeah, I sit there and I watch them. I pick up different uh, core stabilization exercises. I pick up different auxiliaries. I pick up different ways to communicate to people. I love it. So if you don't follow this account, you need to. Is that the uh, jacked memes? Oh, I love that one. Okay, I was like, you were talking about though that like a lot of your people aren't aren't whole, right? Like, mm-hmm. dude, fit. There's something about fitness and weightlifting that draws in broken people. Like one of my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> posts that this account does is where it's like, hey bro, did, you know, did you want, you know, can you get you some pre-workout or something? He's like, no thanks, just depression for me today. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. I, uh, well, the thing about it is too, if you look at a scientific level, you're getting, you know, dopamine response, serotonin release naturally. Um, if somebody's looking out for you and you're not becoming a masochist with it, not running into the ground or, you know, abusing a lot of compounds, it, it, it's helpful. I've got a, uh, you know, uh, one of my sister-in-laws, she, she struggles with some things. Uh, one, one of the coolest things to see, man, is over the last few months, she come talk to me and my wife. We're, me, and, me and her rarely talked. We now talk to each other about the weights, uh, the, you know, going to the gym, she tells me about her PRs. Um, she asked about, I had a shirt, all I wear now is uh, lifting brand shirts. Like, obviously I wear a lot of Iron Bunker shirts because I have probably 20 of them. Right. Um, but that's all I wear is those, lift, had a massive, uh, I think lift, uh, the a Lift Evil shirt on. And she likes those band t-shirts and they, 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 they're they really into like the heavy metal and they do that style. She's like, oh, I like that shirt. And then we got talking about her deadlift PR. And it went from, you know, where she was at before to dark place to now, where it's just simple, no special protocols, no no extra meds or anything, just going to the gym, and making it a habit. Well, and here's the other thing: she's she's got something that she's proud of now, something exactly. that fulfills her. And two, there's somebody that she loves and respects, who is proud of her and cares about what she's doing, right? Exactly. Like, and those are two very powerful things, dude. That's. You're right. That brings me to another point. I, I, I like to tell my, my athletes that I'm proud of them. Um, like a, It's not like a father thing. No. I, I try to be very careful. A lot of coaches project themselves onto their clients, and that's bad. That means you may need to see. They're working out their daddy issues with their, with yeah, their, with their, they, with their athletes. Be, yeah, they're, they're being too Kanye. You know, they want to be, this is the real me. No, 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 no. Right. Nobody needs to see the, that's, you think that's the real you. Go, go some therapy. Learn to love yourself, but you don't want to project things. I don't want. To, I, I try not to project. So a lot of coaches will go, "Well, you're the coach. You make them, does it?" No, I'm not. I'm not even making them do squat. Yeah. Making somebody do something builds resentment, builds yep. distrust. I want them to figure it out, and they do, and they respect me more for that. And I always tell them, I always tell them I'm proud of them because I don't ever. They, they sometimes they feel like they failed me if they miss something up, and I'm like, you never failed me. You may have failed yourself if you didn't give your best, but. We're not perfect. Yeah. That's why it's training. It's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to not be your best, you know? Well, if you're gonna train if you're gonna fail, fail in training, right? Exactly. But, and as a coach, like this is something that I, you know, as as a th- has, so I, you know, I say I'm a physio, right? I'm a physiotherapist, but I'm more than that too, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a coach. Like I have to coach people through things. I help people train, but but if I haven't built any trust, if I've gotta smash you over the head to do stuff. I've I've probably failed as a coach along the way in building and generating trust with you. 
at least I think people should do stuff kind of like what you're saying is they should do the stuff that I'm asking them to do because they trust me. Mm -hmm. They came to me and they trust me. Not that I'm their father figure, whatever, but, but we've built enough of a relationship that they trust me. Hey, keep it in 100. You can, you can tell them when you messed up. Yeah. Um, I, I, I keep it very real with my people. Um, sometimes you see coaches, they want to have this uh, fearless leader going into battle mentality. Like, this guy's a god. He's invincible, man. He's he, there's Nothing can shake him, man. This dude, he's the Batman. We get behind him. We'll never fail. I like to let people know when I'm scared. People know that I get scared. Hmm. People know that I cry. People know that I get sad. People know that I get angry, frustrated. People know that I have I go through issues in, in marriage. I go through issues in family, finances, all that. Because I'm I humanize myself. Because I want them to know that they can choose to be strong in situations, even though we're all scared. We're all scared of certain things. Stuff scares us. Dude, you're a parent. Yeah. Dude, parents are the scared, most scared people in the world. Bro, I'm terrified, man. I sit up at night. Daughter sleeping in the other room, terrified about the future. What's going to come next? Terrified, bro. Before a meet. I've been competing for seven years. I'm terrified before that first squat. I, 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 I deuce like ten times. I, I, I'm pacing and I'm hyperventilating because I, I, the whole the whole meet, the way the meet's going to go is how that first squat goes. Right. So I want them to be, though it's okay to be that because – you can choose to be strong. You can choose to smile in adversity. Well, what's it? Yeah. So the, the guy that we just Dan Huber, he he was the most recent episode that mm-hmm. was released. This will come out a few weeks after that. But when we had Dan Huber on, he was talking about. Um, so he's a he's he's a pro MMA fighter. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And he was telling me that he was like, I was scared to go into my first MMA class. He's like, I was a wrestler, I was at ASU, but I went into this. He's always, I go, you were scared, bro? I go, I don't imagine you being scared about anything. I mean, he told me he took a fight on like a few days' notice and went in and fought up at heavyweight. Yeah. And got got murdered. But mm. but he he was like, well, no, I just, I kind of look at it this way, man. Um, and I totally butched, but cussed, cussed D'Amato. He was Mike Tyson's trainer. Yeah, yeah. He In the podcast, he was just like, yeah, Cus D'Amato said that, you know, the difference between a hero and a coward, both are scared. Both have the same emotions. It's just what they choose to do once they get scared. Yeah. Right? So, like, everybody's, dude, everybody's afraid. And if they tell you they're not afraid, they're full of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? This actually circles back to my love of anime. I, I, the, a lot of the animes I watch have characters who have to face something. Who have to overcome something? There, I relate to them because I was maybe different or certain situations. So one guy, one character, I really fell in love with. Anybody who knows me will tell you, I love All Might from My Hero Academia. He's basically Japan's version of what West, what a Western superhero would be. But the reason I like this dude is because he's always smiling. And when you and you know the episode, you, t- you see him, and, he, and he's fighting, and he's got this big hulking body, and everybody thinks he's amazing. But when he's done, he has to shrivel back down to somebody who looks sickly. Okay. And he always tells his, his people coming up, he's like, I'm always scared. But I smile so that I can have courage, and so that I can give other people courage. See, that yeah. resonates. Pull the, cart- pull the weird cartoons thing aside, that uh, message alone. Yeah. So... I like that because, dude, I was scared coming in here. 
that I couldn't find the place. <laughs> I, I'm part. I'm like, you saw me with my car just kind of there. I did, like, yeah, yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. And it's not bad. No, dude. So, this is easy. Exactly. So you you can be scared. Yeah. It's okay. And that's why I like, that's why I humanize myself. That's why I guess I'm so raw. Yeah, I'm not going to be that one dude, you know, sharing my politics and religious views and doing all that on the on the social media. No. But if you talk to me one-on-one and you pull me aside or like we are now, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to keep it 100. Because people like that. People will actually respect that more because then it, it lets them know that it's achievable. That's why raw powerlifting is getting popular because raw powerlifting really, really, if you have some chalk, you, you don't need anything. The sleeves, I, I wear them because believe it or not, guys, hey, hey, guys, guess what? Knee sleeves aren't protecting you. We wear them to lift more weight. So I wear knee sleeves to lift more weight, guys. I, I wore a belt when I bench and squat to lift more weight. It gives me more pressure. I don't deadlift with the belt. Because it doesn't give me anything, give me anything to lift. Hmm. So, <laughs> so you know that's that's. So if you look at raw lifting, it's easier. They can relate to it. They go, oh, that guy's just. I know what those are. Those are knee sleeves, and that's a belt. That's really cool. That he's doing that. They see an equip lifter go out, and the guy's wallowing around in this diaper thing, and he he can't move, and he's shaking, and his nose is bleeding, and and, <laughs> and, 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 and the way he's benching or, or moving, and then like. I don't want to What's do happening? that. What's happening? Yeah, why would I do that? I can't. What is that? How? By the way, how much does one of those suits cost, bro? If you, so, and multiply, uh, like an Enzer suit, uh, or like an Overkill or something like that, they can get up to like four hundred, five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. Get out of here! I'm gonna go buy a surfboard instead. <laughs> hey, but you know what though? And and, and, and that and that people people into that. Well, no, I, I, and I get I get what you're saying, but, but like. But it's, 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 I don't get. I don't not gonna. Hey, but if I, I want to lift weight, like I, I, I go back to the thing where I don't know, dude. I'm, I'd be more. I'm more interested. You know in how, how many ribeyes I can get for six hundred dollars? Well, you know, what? and I, I'm more. <laughs> dude, not, not enough. No, but still, that's what I look at. I got a kid. This isn't my life. Well, I'm I, sorry. I'm getting a plastic trophy. <laughs> I gotta minimize how much I'm putting into this guys financially. Well, it, I don't know. I go back to that. I'm more interested in how much I I. Can lift okay here because here's the thing man not not how much i can lift with the suit but how much i can lift and we probably you just got if you can hear that there's music <laughs> in the background we're in a gym and i thought it was going to be a little quieter but it's all right we'll go we'll, we'll we'll if you've made it this far soldier on <laughs> we'll keep going so um just make sure, so just set it so just the mic just have a sit like right by your chin that way so with uh if you ever heard of jailhouse strong no, Joe House Strong. You should follow them. They're awesome. They have. They're the guys who talk about um, having a thick neck. Okay. Or the the phrase. Uh, are they the ones who created the iron neck? Yeah. Oh, gas they are. Sta- gas, gas station ready. You heard that phrase? Yeah. My my coach, current coach, introduced me to them. Gas station ready is an amazing phrase to know. Gas station ready, and I and I'm not and I'm paraphrasing is having confidence. And your own strengths and abilities, so much so that at any given point in time, you can use them. And we know that it's a very common occurrence when, say, you're out late or by yourself, people usually will tend to try to mug you or do something to you if you're maybe withdrawing from an ATM or you're putting gas because your guard's down, you're swiping on your phone. So you can, you're able to hit that switch. You're strong enough, you're physical, your, your work capacity, you're healthy enough, your body's good enough. Well, if my best strength 
is done with a bunch of assistive stuff, I don't feel gas station ready. But if I know that I can, and I, I know that I can walk up to a deadlift bar cold, I can pick up 500 pounds. I don't need to warm up because my body can do it. Hitting the higher weights is really just hitting your central nervous system. There's guys that, and, and the same thing in the mobility, it goes back to your job. There's dudes that can't squat, can, can't do an air squat because they need weight on their back. Right. So you shouldn't be like that. And, and, and I, I go, if, if, you can't, if you can't squat without weight on your back, newsflash, you can't squat. No. It's like bad. you don't like you like you're you're not squatting. You're in for injury. And here's the reason I actually can I speak so freely on the equip side of lifting. And and I may catch heat for this, but who cares? Who cares? I did it. You have your opinions, you I, said it. I didn't I didn't compete in it, but I my my last coach was into that. Like he wanted me to do that. I had I did do I had a little cheap multiple uh single ply Enzer suit from like the set uh it was the one they made in like the, the early 90s and 80s. I think you can find it on Inzer's website for like around 40, 50 bucks. Um, Brandon prices, it might be higher, but. Um, <laughs> so I had that knee wraps and a bench shirt that didn't fit. I was more beat up then than I am now. My knees hurt all the time. They were tender, they were sore. My shoulders were always tight. My mobility went to crap. I tore my quad doing warm-ups in my suit. It wasn't on properly because the way it binds to your body, it has to be cinched up right in the right place or it doesn't work. That's why you see those guys randomly get pancaked or buried or they bomb out of meats. They can't get a touch on their shirt. It's very finicky. Hey, if that's your, if you like that, you want to be Dollar Tree Iron Man, I think that's great. I don't want to be Dollar Tree Iron Man. I love Bro, that. I don't even like knee wraps. I know don't. they work. I'm not going to tell. I got a client who, lo- who who competes in wraps. He's amazing in wraps. I get anxiety trying to put my damn wraps on and then and then having to time it. And then I can't even hit depth because my blood pressure shoots up. So you know what? I just stick to sleeves and it's fine. But you know what? It's just, for me, it was hurting me. It was detrimental. My chest got smaller. Huh. And then you, the, my, I, I was looking like a, I was looking like Dollar Tree Shrek, bro. I had big <laughs> forearms. Um, my belly was big. My shoulders were okay. No chest, no more. My quad shrunk. Like, what was going on? Yeah. And then when I was, when I first started working with my coach and I was on the pitch shark, one of the things that was going to resonate with me, this is what got me into knees over toes. He he sees me on the pitch shark, and he's like, hey. Hey, bend your knees, bro. Dude, bend your knees. Because I was over here like sitting way back. Yeah. And, and it clicked though. And he he feels bad that he said that. He always I was joking. He's like, no, it clicked. Yeah. Bend your knees. So I started doing the sissy squats. I started I'm doing the different stretches. And guess what? My hips now feel better. They're not straining all the time because everything's not holding everything. I'm balancing everything. See, raw, proper raw lifting teaches you to balance your body. That's why we talked about the bare feet. I'm into f- ground-to-foot interface like, like Chris Duffin taught. I, I My squat shoes are the Reebok Powerlifts uh, lights. Okay. Very soft sole. Yeah. I can feel the ground. So literally when I'm, when I'm squatting, I, can, I, I grip the ground with my toes. Yeah. And I feel every part of it. And I pull myself down and activate my calves. Knees have never felt better. The only time my knees get tight is if my calves, hamstrings, or quads are tight. 
Okay. I get those rolled out, loosened up, stretched out properly. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good to go. That's why I like proper movement. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's the, you know, and I think that's something, you know, I don't see a lot of it from other people within powerlifting, but that's one of the things that I think that I at least really respect about Donnie Thompson mm-hmm. was that dude has made his his life powerlifting, but also mobility, like working on ways to basically en- enhance his abilities by staying mobile. Yeah. He saw the need. The bow tie, amazing. Yeah. Amazing uh, piece of equipment. Uh, body tempering. Yeah. I use body tempering all the time. Uh, oh, the fat pad. Yeah. Dude, have you ever... I've never lifted on a fat pad. Oh my gosh, amazing on the shoulders. Well, and like his, yeah. So the fat pad, dude. The the body tempering. The uh, we talk about the bow tie. But the bow tie, but also the fat bells. Mm-hmm. Right, the the kettlebell yeah. with the, the insert. I like, love those. But what I think is cool, and I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's cool to you as a power lifter, but like, dude, Rogue is making his stuff now. Like, I don't know any other power lifters that are getting their stuff made mm. by. One of the best American-made, you know, equipment companies in the country. Love Rogue. Uh, Rogue's all in it. Rogue is mostly what we got at MD Athletics for racks. Uh, he gets our bars out of there. Excuse me. Um, clips. Yeah. Great equipment. But here's the thing. He didn't stay dogmatic. Right. He was able to realize there was a problem there and it needs to be addressed. It needs to evolve. People don't want to evolve. They want to hold on to these these ideologies and these dreams where if something hurts, we'll stick a Band-Aid on it. Well, and, and, if, and if you are, if you evolve, if you have a nuanced position about something or you change, people are going to go back and look and go, well, dude, you used to do it this way. What the, what's wrong? Like, and then they're going to skewer you for it, right? Well, admit that you're wrong too. There's nothing, but you know, we're, we're all working off this uh, ideology of the science has changed and we don't want to, Explain why I'm like science changes. Yeah, we're not we're not politicians. Yeah. So when when something changes on me, I'm gonna explain why it changed for me. I'm gonna explain why I'm doing it because then I'm also credible as a coach. Yeah. Well, I used to so I used to cue people all the time. Like back to the whole squat thing we were talking about. I used to sit back, right? Get your butt back, hinge, get you know, weight through the middle to the rear of your foot, right? That was kind of how. And now I'm like, dude. That's not necessarily the best way to, to cue somebody. At least for at least now I, I found a better way that I feel like works better and, and actually utilizes and enhances people's ability to squat anymore. A lot of times people have that we talk a lot about butt winking and stuff with squatting, but it's because they're trying to keep their back into too much extension mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to go from there. And so rather than telling people to sit back or get their butt back, instead I'm more just interested on, hey, get down. Yeah. If you're doing your squat, get down. Let's really screw into the ground like you were talking about, and let's push those knees to opposite corners. Exactly. Right? Let's create that external rotation torque that we need. Like, you don't open a jar, like right? You grip the jar, and you turn exactly. out with one, and then you turn the other way. And the, learning what moves it. So why do your, what makes your knees externally rotate? Your glutes are activated. Yeah. Everything. It's all tied in, and that's the thing that I love about it. And one of the things I do is I have people do an air squat when I meet with them the first time. Let me take your shoes off and do an air squat. Yep. 
Man, you find out a lot from somebody doing an air squat. I could do a whole evaluation just by watching somebody do a, a double leg squat and a single leg squat for a lower extremity injury, and I go, mm-hmm. all right, I got a pretty good working idea as to what's going on. Let's move. It shows a lot. The way you just naturally move. I have a – I have a. so I'm big on – I'm okay with you. If you want to wear heels, if that's how you – it's comfortable, do it. But I'm and also, some people need to. Exactly, but here's the other side of it. People who wear flats don't put the same – um, investment of finances into their flats. I say you should wear flats. So like Chucks? Yeah. No. Let me say this on the podcast in front of in front of a, a, an actual guy who, who's got a degree. <laughs> Chucks are terrible. There They're you the go. worst shoes you can ever power lift in. I'm sorry. I They're di- not I, good. I don't disagree with you. You can't spread your toes. They're not flat like you think they are. They have ridges and they're uneven. So no, please stop squatting in Chucks. If you have to be budget, get a pair of Vans. But the, people always bring their own the original, Vans. The original CrossFit shoe, man. The old Vans slip-ons, yeah. baby. But, but then, but then, you know what? If you're gonna, if you were gonna spend, you were fully prepared to buy the new Romaleo fours, which are great shoes. And you, but you, you, you want, you know, you're better in flats. Then, then why not look the same way? My, my, my flats, they were 150 bucks. Yeah. And I did do trial and error. I tried the no bulls. No I, bulls are okay. Nah. No bulls are they're Chuck gar- Taylors for upper class people. They're garbage. <laughs> I don't like them. Sorry, all you noble fans out there. I don't like them. They're ugly too. Yeah, I had a pair. <laughs> I, I squatted seven in it. Okay. But my knee. But you know what? I wasn't stable in them. Yeah. I actually. Those are the few times that. I what got, size is your shoe? I'm a 11, 11, I'm a eleven. All right. I had some, I had some, uh, I had some Roman Leos. I, I sold to one of my clients. They were ten and a halfs, but yeah, I like my. Actually, I'm a, more towards eleven now because you saw the Crocs, right? Were you wearing Crocs when you yeah, walked in? Yeah, I'm wearing Crocs, dude. I, I think it's hilarious now that people are wearing Crocs unironically. Well, here's why I like them. No, I, I got a couple PT buddies, dude, who are all in on Crocs, and I make fun of them just because I'm like, dude, this, they don't look good. No, but here's why. Here's two reasons. First off. The most obvious for me originally was a dude who weighs over 300 pounds and slides, no. Your foot is all (laughs) – I'm not wearing the Jesus sandal. I'm not going to skirt across the floor. These fit my fat feet. Also, my toes can spread. Yeah. My toes can spread, guys. When your toes can – those paw feet that we tease our toddlers about – they, they should continue to have paw feet. That's how your foot – dude, so here's – I don't know how when people put shoes start put. I, I don't know when people start putting shoes on their kids. I don't. My kid's eight months old. He has not. He he's worn shoes once when we took family photos, and because I held him, and yeah. then we got him out of the foot coffins as soon as we could. Our, gener- our generation loves dressing kids like little adults. Oh man, I saw this kid. He's got name brand clothes, a fade from the barber, uh, freaking Layright pomade in the dudes. Dude had a fade By the, way, the side. Part, love Layright. Yeah, Layright pomade. I actually use the the shape. Nah, nobody cares. Layright shaping cream. I care. If, if you're in, if you're in Gilbert, or even if you're in Mesa, real quick, shout out to my barber Panda <laughs> over at Gateway Barbershop, dude. Anybody over there will have you looking fresh and clean with the best fade. I, Commercial over. I Go like ahead. that. No, I like. I was actually thinking you had a clean cut. I'm actually. My my people know this. I got last year in 2020. I got really into. Uh, you kind of have. Yeah. Okay. I got into self care, well, but I'm looking. But I'm looking at your hair, and it's not. You. It's like it's like this. 
It's just like the rest of you, man. It's this beautiful mix of both black and black and Latino. I know how to. I, hey, it, it, there's a, you got good hair. There's a process, man. Sometimes Can I say that? Good hair. No, I got great hair. <laughs> I don't got SOS pad hair. I love my my mom gave me good hair. <laughs> he said it. I didn't. No, I did say it. SOS pad hair. You don't don't, don't get mad. So, I, but I I got really into that. So yeah. I'm actually I'm I'm gonna start a YouTube channel review, and I probably own like. Dude, like you gonna 40 get the, pomades. You, oh, I, I thought you were gonna get like the do like the, the like the skincare tutorial. Ah, skincare. You know what, dude? This little scraggly thing on my face, I, I I put a lot into it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's part of like the YouTube channels. I'm gonna do beard product reviews, hair product reviews. Okay. Just because every time you, anytime you say dude, do a, de- a a beard product review. Yeah. He's just got the most beautiful beard in the world. Oh yeah. And you could slap cooking oil on it, it's going to help it <laughs> nobody with like the patchy thinner beards are doing reviews same people with the kinky hair yeah. i have a whole process to do this dude my wife always teases me she's like you done in the bathroom you're like no 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 i'm not done okay if you want me to wear long sleeve polo shirts and nike monarchs i could switch to that but no i'm not done <laughs> do i give you a hard time about how much you're using the bathroom hey don't get me in trouble <laughs> I don't see nothing. Just like when they go to Target, we turn up, we turn the blind eye when they go to Target. <laughs> Dude, Target. Oh. Has anybody ever left like, hey, I just, you know, I'm going to get a few things at Target. <laughs> no. Myself that, included, man. That store is, yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to hit a barbecue island after this. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you can spend some money there. Have you seen from my Instagram? I'm all about my food. I love my smoker. Do you, what do you got? I've got the old Traeger Lil Tex. Okay, your Traeger guy. Um, well, I live in an apartment right now. Okay. So my balcony, it's one of those old four packs. So my balcony, I can have one. Uh, back home, my dad's from Houston. We grew up um, uh, stick burners, uh, little kettle grills. My dad's probably got 10 custom smokers he's had made. Dude, that's awesome. Um, see, I, see, I grew up not needing protein powder. Um, we, every Sunday had enough food had enough meat to feed two three families that's great so as an adult like, what's protein powder it's overrated too. It's I'm ca- say it's, that. Uh, no protein powder for sure is overrated uh, eat your protein fair life milk fair, fair life milk <laughs> all right i'm telling people fair life milk man i um what's funny it's the funny thing about it so my daughter has a lactase allergy okay lactose allergy. we figured it out because when we were giving her the regular formula she wasn't finishing her bottles okay we switched the sensitive yeah. She was murdering those bottles. Now, most parents, when they have a kid, are going to give them, like, the almond milk for milk. Why? Those kids need that. So she drinks, like, the lactate full-fat milk. Absolutely. We switched to Fairlife, the, the fat-free, um, because getting in 300 grams of protein a day, my jaw gets tired of chewing. I get sick of chewing. Yeah. I get sick of chewing chicken. I get sick of chewing steak. So I keep the milk. I keep the, the protein shakes. Now, if I do do a protein shake, I like it based on like Whole Foods. Um, Axe and Sledge has a really good uh, milk They're a new sponsor for you, right? Uh, performance Supplements. Okay. That's my other sponsor. Who did I just see? Oh, no. It's another account that I follow that he just got an Axe and Sledge. Yeah, their, their stuff is good. We carry their stuff in the shop. Homemade is great. Okay. It's all animal-based protein. It's got... Um, it's got uh, chicken stock in there. It's the the, the carbs are like br- uh, brown rice and yams. Nice. Um, you can taste it, but it doesn't have that one doesn't have that nasty whey taste. Yeah. I don't care how. That, bro, and don't even leave a bottle in your car. Oh. The, the shaker bottle. Yeah, but it 
I used to drink it, believe it or not, bro, because everyone drank. Everyone's like, you go to the gym, and then everyone's got their protein. They got to have that protein shake. For some reason, 25 to 30 grams of protein post-workout will make or break your gains. Heaven forbid. This dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love Action Sledge. Not all their stuff. I like his homemade. I may try his. Uh, this guy's funny. I have, to, I have to start following that guy. I may follow his. Uh, I want to try his, uh, his intro workout. But uh, again, supplementation in this sport is overused. Supplementation in general is overused. Here's the supplements I like I like collagen powder, um, I like uh, magnesium, um, I like supplementing electrolytes. You mean vitamins and minerals? Yeah, vitamins and minerals. <laughs> Protein if you can't get it in. But again, guys, I promise you, if you don't mix your little shake after your workout, it's going to be fine. There's some studies showing that. Not eating right away after a workout can actually increase and allow the natural human growth hormone to circulate your system. Or, you know, if you need, if you feel like you're gonna go into, you know, your muscles are gonna start consuming themselves two hours after you work, which they're not, you'll be fine because it's the body doesn't work that way. It's working on a reserve of nutrients. Hit some BCAAs if you really feel like you got to get something, dude. Drink, drink some BCAAs. Exactly. But even then, they're not necessary. You got to yeah. know where it's put it in. It's called supplement for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell they, they, a lot of people ask, well, what kind of supplement should I be on? I was like, I don't know, man. Um, if you're going to spend money on supplements, buy better groceries too. Well, that's what I would say. If people are like, dude, what kind of supplements should I take? I would say clean up your diet first. Yeah, eat, eat more steak. Eat more red meat. Um, if, they're eating, dude, if they're eating freaking Twinkies or they're eating you know, garbage, then, dude, clean up your diet. Start eating better. Talk to me when your diet's dialed in. And that's what's changing with powerlifting. We're getting away from it being just these fat dudes pounding cheeseburgers, get as big as you can. Mass move mass, baby. <sighs> no, I know. But that's but so what's funny is when uh, our mutual friend, Andrew, mm-hmm. told me that I needed to talk to you, and he was telling me that he was chasing a – I don't know if he still is, but he, when he told me he was chasing a 700-pound squat – I was like, dude, you do not look like a power lifter. Like, he's jacked. Like, like he's, he's, he's mm-hmm. cut up. But I'm seeing a lot more of that. He's strong. Yeah. He needs to move better. <laughs> I, need, I, I need to get him out the Nopal shoes. I, I gave, actually, I gave him a pair of Notorious lifts. That's funny. Um, the, my, the shoe I deadlift in because it's a proper flat. Because he's got flat feet. Yeah. People with flat feet. Don't need some artificial arch, which is just some device that's pushing into your uh, your foot. It's not going to make you have an arch. Preach. You know what I wear to Disneyland? Sanooks. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to be walking on pillows. Actually, tennis shoes hurt my knees. Do you know what I wear everywhere? If it's not these, I'm in Vans. Oh, I love. If it's not these, I'm in Vans. And and now, even when I do a CrossFit workout, I'm in these. Yeah. Like, and and so no, like I have this is the this is the perpetual fight between well, not even all physical therapists, but more of your performance-based, more CrossFit-centric, functional fitness-centric physiotherapists is battle that we have with podiatrists is dude, you don't need an orthotic. You don't need a cuss. Do you have a major foot deformity? 
Like if you've got a real legit foot deformity, then we can talk about a, a custom made orthotic. But if you've just got a little bit, you've got a collapsed arch or some fat, not fat, some flat feet, what you really need is to strengthen your foot. You need to get out of whatever shoes you're wearing. You need to work on moving into some barefoot stuff. We got to work on exercises for like your posterior tib, and we got to work on some some calf strengthening, and we got to work on keeping you in that rigid foot position and creating a little bit of an arch with what your body's supposed to be using, which is muscles. Exactly. I love. See, I love that, and that's and that's something. I'm not saying get. You have you have to be in flats, but f- your feet, everything has to work. Everything has to work. So I so I had a guy when I was uh, so when I refer to religious stuff, guys, I, I'm 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 LDS. So I had a guy because I'm, I'm gonna tell a story. I had a guy when I was go, getting ready to go on my mission, and uh, and if you're noticing a trend, there's been a number of guests that have that certain religious affiliation. The the area in which we live. It would be like living in Clearwater, Florida for Scientologists. Yes. You can throw a rock and chances are you're going to hit one. Exactly. So that's that's why. But um, we were going on, we were getting ready for our missions. This is, oh man, long time ago, 2007. Mission trip is also the dudes who you see walking around wearing the white shirts and ties <laughs> with the black name badges. You might have seen them on bikes or maybe they've knocked on your door on Saturday morning. That's that's what That's what we're talking about. Thank you, thank you for the contact. See, that's a that ADD. I just start talking. No, 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 no. It's it's something that I've had to get used to, like think about because I'm like, oh, I don't know who's listening to this, and they may not have a frame of reference. So exactly, I appreciate that. And then, and this dude, so we both have flat feet, and the uh, back at the time, the church was talking about, you know, they're real concerned about people with flat feet. Um, maybe urge people to get, you know, the the arches. The well, dude, you done. walk like ten to fifteen miles a day. No, no lie. Well, here's the thing. My friend who got his feet worked on, it, it screwed him. Yeah. First thing is they, they told him straight out, you'll never squat again. You'll never lift heavy on your feet again. Oh, come on. That's That scared me. But then he's like, but yeah, but dude, what if you're out on your mission? You can't finish it because your feet are flat. I was like, what do you mean? Well, your feet aren't supposed to be flat. And he told me all this stuff. You know, it's a natural hydraulic and all this. So then I went home to my dad. I'm like, dad, dad. <laughs> I think I need to get my, my I think I need to get that surgery like man my feet are flat like what if I go out there and this this and this you know my dad's a he's a black dude from South Texas he's like mm, I don't know I don't know about all that boy I, I, I tell you what let's do it play the cards God dealt you <laughs> I love it dude to play the cards God dealt you plus your dad sounds like Foghorn Leghorn which I love oh dude he's <laughs> hey let me tell you something I said I said I said boy play the hand you dealt the guy, let me tell you, the, if you meet anybody from uh, Cleveland, Texas, or you meet anybody from Grant County, they know who he is. This, this is a, this is this. He was my original coach. Okay. He taught me how to bench. He taught me the arch that everyone tries to imitate. My arch. Yeah. Um, well, push ups. You, you hold some state records here in Arizona. I do. I have a bench record for USAPL. And the open raw division. Uh, so what you're doing on bench is working. Is all I'm saying. Uh, so a lot of it is Papa Bradford building no. muscle and actually, guys, push-ups, push-ups. I I promise you, anybody who benches over 500 pounds raw, they do push-ups. All my clients, I don't discriminate, man, female, male, do push-ups. They're cursing at me. 75 push-ups, break it up into sets. It teaches a lot. It teaches a lot, but also these movements of pull-ups, dips, 
push-ups, I love them. They, you, you're moving your body through a space. So we had to do push-ups all the time. We all had to, we had to do push-ups. Also, treating the bench as a more of a full body exercise. Everyone wants to just kind of like think that the bench is just your chest or your triceps. Dude, a lot of back, a lot of rear delt, not a lot of front delt. You don't want to use a lot of front delt. I did. Shoulders are not as good as they look, guys. That bench form is finessed. I do not brute strength bench. I don't. I, ask anybody who's trained with me. You'll see me go hit 500 for an easy single. I will walk to the dumbbells and I will do shoulder press with 40s. Thank you. <laughs> I do not have great shoulders because of that. But you need strong rear delts and back and lats. Why? Because you need to keep them retracted so you have something to push off of. Lots of muscle on your rear delts cushions the shoulder. Having strong lats allows you to control the bar. It's like when you see guys bench and they fight the bar and they're sitting there and they're going, they think, oh, he's controlling. It's like, he's not controlling crap. He's fighting for his life. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's sitting there just. He's trying not to get crushed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's buried and he's like, I guess I didn't have it. Bro, I knew you didn't have it when you went racked and it started. I teach all my clients, row the bar to your chest. Mm. Row the bar. Take control of it. So when I bring the bar down, I bring it into my chest. I like that cue. I bring it into my chest. Because why? When you row it to your chest, you're compressing your lats, which is storing energy. And then that's a release of energy. So it gives you that much more off your chest, which is the hardest part of the movement. If you throw some leg driving that you're good at, man, half the job is done. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then your triceps. So it's all finesse. I'm just putting my body in the right position. So in the off season, close grip, close grip, incline, close grip with the duffalo bar because I have really short arms. When I do dumbbells, I I do not, I do not let my clients do these half reps. Half reps will get you hurt. Half reps, you'll end up like that dude in the UK who's training with Larry Wills. When you do dumbbells, you should come past the point where you would stop because you want to have strength in that elongated position. Bicep tears happen because you're built up too much tension of, 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 of a short range of motion. Inclined palms, uh, inclined hand supinated uh, dumbbell curls. Amazing for your for bicep protection because that stretch reflects at the bottom. Well, it's progressive overload. If, if, you, if you're asking, so I don't know if I've talked about this before, but there's this idea of the length tension relationship so it's just like anything dude it's a it's a beautiful little bell curve mm -hmm. right and there's this sweet spot of muscle length where your power and your strength is at its peak and obviously at the outliers at the shortest ranges of motion and the, or the muscle length and tension and at the longest positions that's where you're going to be weakest. Mm -hmm. And so if, a, if you're having to go through a full rep or range of motion in competition, that's what you're training, then you're right. You're shorting yourself. Plus, you're not building any tensile strength. So I'm not even talking about being able to move weight at that length. You, you're just, you don't have the tensile strength to even handle the load, which is why I only saw that video of the dude who blew out both of his biceps mm -hmm. on the preacher curl. Do you see that video Hell going yeah. around? But that's, that, that's a kid who, or a guy or whoever, I don't know he is, but that's a dude who did not have no. tensile tissue strength or durability no. at that length. And he tried to throw weight and he learned real quick. Oh, yeah. The, the bench was set too high. No, nah, man. You, you were half repping at one point. You were half repping all the way leading up to that. You got a weight that was too much for you to handle, and you couldn't. 
hold it past a certain length. Exactly. And then you didn't have the the, the requisite durability or uh, oh gosh resiliency. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. Resiliency to handle the weight at that length, and that's how you get hurt. Exactly, man. And that's the thing is. And that's why I tell my people, please give me the full range of motion, guys. You heard that. My daddy say this thing, long, a long muscle is a strong muscle. There you go. And it's true. Hey, he's not wrong. It's true. You don't, because if you get in the, in the sport of lifting, you're going to get put in positions where you get pinned or something that shouldn't break you. If your dumbbells are too heavy and they bring you down, you should be able to come down and just let them go. Yeah. The dumbbell shouldn't come down and then tear your, your muscle off the bone. That's, that's not how it should work. Guys, this this sport isn't meant to hurt you. When you hear guys come in and they go, yeah, man, that's just what happens in the game, man. You get beat up and you just deal with it. I know that someday I'm not going to be able to walk. That's horse crap, dude. Bro, if you can't walk, you did it wrong. But injuries are going to happen. They're going to happen. They're going to happen. But you're not Ronnie Coleman. So when you guys sit... People, people, people want to do that. People, pe- I do. People deify Ronnie. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from Ronnie yeah. Coleman, but Ronnie Coleman ain't, ain't black Jesus. No, he was great, <laughs> guys. He was great. Nobody was gonna have. Nobody brought what he brought. Most of it's because he had a powerlifting background, did a lot of compound movements, so that muscle was better. But guys, I know you think it's cool that he can't walk, but dude, and I know Ronnie's proud of it, but I know he does not enjoy that. And he's different. He knew what he wanted to do. He was willing to do that. But guys, we go to local meets at CrossFit gyms. Uh, we, we, we We go to regionals. I'm sorry, there is like... Do they host them at East Valley still? Uh, we're trying to. Uh, American Raw and MD Athletics, which we've held meets. Um, no, East Valley, East Valley, I don't know if they're East Valley CrossFit anymore. Do you know August? I, where are they located? Chandler. Oh, I don't know anybody in Chandler. I know CrossFit Rido. They, they. Oh, oh yeah, they're awesome. Do you, do you know them? I met them. Yeah, they're they're. Uh, are they you were, trying? Are you trying to host a meet there? I'm not. I know them because of uh, uh, Alex. Uh, Alex down at Performance Supplements. Okay. He works with them. So when I got when I got sponsored by them, I met them, and I like their style of CrossFit. They do a bunch of. Uh, Strongman stuff over there too, so no, I they're, they're, I'm actually doing a workshop at their gym this this coming up week. They're they're awesome, dude. Guys, check that workshop out. Jen and uh, Jen and Kurt, they run they run a great gym over there, man. Yeah, I, I love Mesa. I love that love the what the love the way they promote it because so I love CrossFit. East Valley Strength and Conditioning is, is the okay. name of their. They're they're more of a uh, they're more of an Olympic lifting gym now. They used to do some strongman type stuff, but that might be. If you guys are looking to host a, a meet or anything like that, Iron Athlete. Oh, Iron Athlete Clinics. But yeah, anyway, um, they're always looking to hold events and stuff. Look, oh, dude, they're on the powerlifting on their blog. So yeah, that might be somebody you may want to reach out to. At least Iron Athlete Clinics, and then also East Valley CrossFit or East Valley Strength and Conditioning. They're not affiliated anymore. Um, Anyway, somebody to talk no, to. No, no, they're and that, but that's the thing is, that's the point of that is, is we're just local guys, yeah. weekend warriors. So, plastic why, trophies, baby. Yeah. So why for a trophy that's going to turn into a paperweight, which you've heard Ed Cohen say multiple times in interviews, his are paperweights, and the guy was all-time world champion. Why are you going to sacrifice your quality of life, your daughter, your kid, whoever, if you can't play with them? 
they're not going to comprehend that you were some big, bad dude who lifted scary weights. They just know that their, their, their parent can't play with them. They know that they have to tie their shoes for them. Um, if you're heading down that route, look at it and stop. I was heading down that route. I speak this way because I have lived it. I have experienced it. I don't promote it like a badge of honor. That's not how I identify myself. Right. You'll never find me on Instagram talking about how bad of a dude I am and I'm going to give everybody the smoke. Do I think that when I go into competition? Yeah. But no, I, I like to feel good. I, I, I want to lift when I'm 50 and 60. I want to take a knee. I want to hold my daughter and bathe her and play with her, get up and on and off the ground. I want to go upstairs and, and walk around the zoo, okay? Because, you know, at the end of the day, she's more important. My wife is more important. Things are more important. And, and the, the, the new generation is understanding that. The old generation, as awesome as they were, were toxic. They, they, they believed in, if it hurts, wrap it up. No, if it hurts, figure it out. Yeah. Because, hey, go to the doctor. You can catch cancer before it kills you. You know that? And extend your life. You can find out that you're pre-diabetic and, and, and maybe reverse that. So <laughs> and that that whatever they're dealing with over that ten, dude, you're gonna you're gonna stay. If longevity is the name of the game, then get it fixed. Yeah, go see somebody. And here's the thing: there's doctors out there that are power lifters. There's doctors out there that understand your sport. Hundred percent. And there's and I'm not talking about my like me as a doctor. I'm talking about there are orthopedic surgeons out there. There are neurologists who are power lifters and there are physical therapists out there who while I may not be a competitive power lifting, I understand the sport, I understand the lifts. I do them on a regular basis myself, right? Mm -hmm. Not to the same probably weights that you all are doing them, but you know, but 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 there are people in this game that get it. Exactly. So there's nothing wrong with fixing it. And, and that's that's the that's why I program a certain way. Um, if you go through, you'll see people running 12-inch box squats and real box squats, not the box squat that you tap your booty on and shoot up, or not the box squat that you sit down, lift your feet up, slam them on the ground, and use momentum. Not the box squat that's higher than giraffes. You know what? Um, I talk about box squats that are set to parallel. Um, or below parallel. So I do the 12 inch. Here's why I do the 12 inch. To help people with depth. So people who can't get that low, if I try to have them do deep squats, they might fall over, hurt their back. But if they have the box of physical objects stopping them, they can get there. And also it causes them to stop and pause. So then they have to restart the lift from that very low position so they ingrain that motor pattern. I have an uh, athlete who is six foot five, six six, big dude. Big, big, big dude. He does box squats to a 12-inch box. Dude, that's a lot of distance <laughs> to cover, bro. Or I have a I have somebody who had a problem with hitching or scooping the weight. He lifted on elevated plates. Uh, we have those, uh, the, the booty guy, Contreras, we have those booty builder plates in the gym. Gotcha. They make great wagon wheels because <laughs> okay. they're not so high up that it's basically a rack pull, which... 99% of rack pulls are trash. Yeah, I said it. Um, they don't do as much as you guys think they're doing. Um, the, the, the booty builder plates are great because you're elevating that a bit so then they can't hyper-focus on being so explosive off the ground that the lats and everything come loose. 
No, they actually have to stay super tight, even tighter than normal to get momentum going and lock the lift out. So it, 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 it's a way of, if you can't explain and show a, a person, it's a way of beating it in, per se, for lack of a better term. Um, if you have people who, don't, who like to get folded on the squat, tempo squats are great. The five, I, I'm very notorious for programming a 531 uh, or a 530, 520. There's nothing wrong with sitting down at the bottom of the hole with the weight on your bar. You're not going to die. No, and stay active. It teaches people to stay active exactly. in the bottom. Exactly. That was part of the problem with this kid that we were mm-hmm. working with. He, uh, yeah, he, he just, he bounced out of his squat. He, instead, of being, instead of being active, he hit the bottom of his squat, bounced off his joints, lost his whole spine rigidity and, and hip stability. And, dude, you're moving from a disadvantage. You want to talk about moving from a disadvantaged position? Core stability. I'm learning about uh, the McGillis Big Three. Yeah. I'm learning the importance. Stuart McGill's the man when it comes oh, yeah. to power to, to powerlifting. And- um, what's, what's another thing I'm learning about? Uh, the high, incorporating hyperextensions more. So my wife, she has scoliosis. Oh, reverse hypers? Not reverse hyper. Yes, I'm a huge fan. But actually, the reverse hyper itself. So check this out. So my wife has scoliosis. Okay. She's a great lifter. She actually had one of the best weeks of her life this week. She's a uh, PR'd both her her squat and her deadlift. Nice. Um, it's awesome, man. And she, you look at her spine, you see that curve. By all rights of me, she shouldn't be lifting. But she's built up everything around her back to make it strong. She's not walking around. She absolutely should be lifting. Exactly. Exactly. She's not walking around with the grocery store worker belt, talking about her back hurts. No. Her back never hurts. Her back is always good. It's because it's strong. And one of the things she does in her warm-ups is she starts with bodyweight hyperextensions. And I have a client up in uh, Prescott who has a lot, was having a lot of pain in his SI joint. And he'd go to his PT, and the PT would go, well, take it easy for two weeks. And he's like, well, PT told me to take it easy for That's me. such garbage Check advice. Check this out, man. Check this out. I don't, I don't have a degree in that. I said, hey, man, run these uh, McGill, McGill Big Three every day. Uh, start your lower body exercises, warming up with some, uh, with some uh, uh, hyperextensions. When you're saying hyperextensions, are you talking about? The one where you get on it and it planks your body out and then you bend over and you let yourself oh, come down. Oh, gotcha. On like a GHD and doing hyper. Okay. Yeah, but on the one that's on the ground. Gotcha. Like at most commercial gyms. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, they got that. So I said, do those. And I said, uh, good mornings with just the uh, just the bar. Yep. Alleviated the SI joint issues. Now, towards the peak, it flared up a little bit, but it alleviated it. He didn't have any issues. I don't, I don't have a degree, bro. I didn't go to school for that. No. So how did I figure it out? You listen to people, <laughs> dude, that, that know and people in the game. I guarantee you. That and I, you know, I obviously don't know that PT, but I guarantee you that PT doesn't power lift. Doesn't doesn't he may he may go to the gym, but I I'm sure he doesn't sling weight. Or he's on the or he's old or he's old school. Or the bad side where they want to keep making money off you. There's that too. A lot of those commercial gym trainers, guys, I'm not hating. I know some of, some of my clients are trainers in commercial gyms. I'm not singling you out, but a lot of that style of training is to teach, is to give people workouts that they feel like they can't be on their own. Yep. So then you have, like, who's going to go on their own and stand on a, on a, on a flipping BOSU ball and do all this crazy crap? And then they start them on machines. 
Well, most people can't afford a BOSU ball on their own anyway. Exactly. So, like, it's the same kind of ideology. A lot of, you know, actually, I have clients who aren't my clients anymore. They coach. They're on their own. But that's, that's okay. Because me being a Christian man that I am, I like teaching people how to fish. So that's why, that's why when I teach RPE, I send videos. I send the video I made. I explain it if I need to. And I know when you haven't been calculating, I can tell when you're lifting out of the pocket. Well, and here's the other thing, dude, about, pe- about that, is if you teach people how to do it, and you teach people how to take care of themselves, what's going to happen is there's going to come a point where they can't do it, or there's going to come a point where they need a little extra help. And guess who they're going to go back to because they know that you have their best interest at heart and you're not a you're you know you 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 want to help them succeed right exactly and so dude if they ever do need they're going to come back oh yeah they'll, they'll come back, back to you they'll circle back and and you'll get you know and you'll you know you know as much as we love this stuff we're not doing it for free no but but you'll get paid again yeah but that's the thing too is don't treat your clients like a dollar sign man you know like i get it i get it if you're if, a, if now i'm not talking about personal trainers when you when the client just totally goes to yeah charge them for their session obviously but i don't don't treat them like dollar signs don't call yourself a coach copy and paste a workout throw it out there take their money and not do any coaching yeah don't don't treat them like that yeah i you know i'm i'm up front with my clients i tell them yeah you know what the money you pay me i pay bills with it i usually use this for my rent and my car payment and um you know target runs so yeah, I use your money. It's part of my bills. It is part of my income. It is a business. Um, so I appreciate that. And I thank you. And I'm very grateful. If you are listening, I'm grateful for you guys. But also, like, you have to actually be interested and invested. And they can, people can tell. It's just like teachers who don't care. Kid can tell. He's not going to respond to that. Um, I'm very different from other powerlifting coaches, too. I'm not... I'm not so much caught up in the weird, I don't know, the way they do things. Like, I, you know, if I am if I have multiple athletes getting ready for a comp, man, whoa, whoa, dude, I'll give a pep speech. I'll give a pep speech, man. Um, I'm known to, I've, I've been known to cry. Um, actually, lifting for me is very emotional. It's an emotional release. Um, when I'm in prep and I'm hyped up for a lift, I actually will get hyped to the point in tears. Hmm. Um, Are you not supposed to give hype speeches in powerlifting? They kind of now they kind of frown upon them because everybody thinks they're cool and they're scientists. They over there's a scientific aspect, a scientific aspect of it, but they overthink it. They forget the emotional side. They forget that the brain <laughs> powers everything. In your I would mind. I would hope my coach would have some some words of wisdom for me going into a meet to get me pumped. So it's 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 a whole thing that what goes on behind that platform. But um, yeah, I like connecting with my people like that. Because I remind them of what they've overcome. I remind them of what they went through in their prep. So they don't need to feel bad that it didn't go. I said, no, be proud of yourself, man. You kept going despite this. So this is why you're here. I had a client that I got really, really teary-eyed with. But because he, uh, his wife is, is battling cancer. Mm. And she was battling cancer when he was prepping for this meet. And it was in the early stages of being scared, you know, all that stuff. He always got his training in. He always, and man, the dude, <laughs> and I'm getting a little emotional, man, emotional now, but the dude, when he, when he, when he hit that, when he did that meet, um, he, was, he was wearing a pink shirt because it was breast cancer, wearing this, he had his pink socks, but man, he, he, he would hit a lift, dude, dude would be bawling afterwards, and you'd look at him, you'd say, why is he crying? He's like, you know why he's crying? Because despite everything being against him, despite 
being in a situation where anybody would say, hey, man, dude, pack it in. It's good. Stop. You don't need to. He kept going. He showed up. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't the strongest dude out there, but he made a statement. He made a point. And it goes farther for that. He, he showed his kids how to be strong. He showed his wife that he's a strong spouse that can keep going, that he's not going to shatter when something happens. He can keep plowing the way. So that, that's the other side of it that I love is that those, those things that carry into it, the empowerment aspect. I grew up a very insecure individual, did not like my body, did not like the way I looked. I, 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 at some point in my life, I wished I was another race. Um, I did not like the person who looked at, that I looked at in the mirror. I'm loving myself now through lifting, through building something and quantifying it in a way and putting and going out to a community who also values that thing and can validate and also validate self-love in that way. So that's also that's maybe part of the, the, the as much as the physical health side, almost, I love that more. Yeah. Because mental health really impacts everything. Well, dude, if your mind's not right, I mean, re- realistically, yeah, if your mind's not right, you're not even going to get the lifts, right? Yeah. Eating disorder, eating disorders, or, or, or different depressions and stuff like that. They have the anorexia, or you have the you know, people who, who emotionally eat. Just body dysmorphia in general. Exactly. Dude, I have, when I was, okay, I call these guys Dollar Tree bodybuilders because everyone who goes to the gym calls himself a bodybuilder. I was that dude. Yeah, I'm a bodybuilder, man. I used to watch Olympian stuff. And When's the cut? Ex- exactly. <laughs> I got to the point. I was like, I'm never going to cut. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing? Why am I sculpt? What, what the hell am I sculpting? I'm bulking. When, 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 you, when you've been in a bulk. I saw this thing. It's like when you've been in a bulking phase for a year. To start, you started bulking for the year, and it turned out to be five later. And Yeah, exactly, man. So I got into powerlifting. And I liked myself more. Um, I actually look better. My body actually responds to, to the main movements better. You look great, brother. So, yeah, exactly. I, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I got my gut and all that. I could lose weight. But I love myself. I look in the mirror and I'm not. I was like, hell yeah. Gas. That dude. But before. It's gas station ready, you baby. Know, I'd be stretch, exactly. I'd be stretching my shirts out. I used to wear really oversized clothes. Like uh, uh, those. Uh, if you ever, you ever heard of like a pro club shirts. Pro, huh? Well, on the on the side of town where you get the best tacos at that okay. side of town, there's a place called a Kmomo. Oh, I, dude, I've, I've been in a Kmomo. They're pro club shirts. Okay. They're like I bought I bought some stuff from Kmomo back in the day. Oh yeah, you know back you're in the from there when white dudes wore do rags. <laughs> I never did that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But I never did. That. They're like heavy ten ounce shirts that are oversized. I wore because I was insecure. Pro club long sleeves. Oh, there oh, you yeah. go. Big. Oh, it's like a it's kind of like a Carhartt shirt. Yeah. But, it's but it's it's like dollar it's like dollar dollar tree carhartt there you go there you go i love oh, me a man. good carhartt shirt brother everybody loves car people who wear carhartt nowadays Although don't I, think carhartt people, things. I think people are turning on carhartt though a little bit you know what carhartt for me here's the thing oh my gosh sidebar um oh, carhartt and then what's the other brand that people are getting into now their cups uh oh stanley's dude stanley was the poor man's brand when i was a kid my we bro we were broke on food stamps my dad had a stanley yeah, the Stanleys. He had a Stanley thermos. Oh yeah, dude. St- uh, Stanley lunchbox. Um, he he his jackets were Carhartt. His beanies because they lasted. Rich white women, dude, started pushing that. That's what happened. They're the same ones who ruined brisket for me too. <laughs> Why is brisket six dollars a pound? Nobody can cook it. Nobody. Everyone. It's twenty five bucks a pound on the other side of the wall. Yeah. 
So have you ever been over there, by the way? I have not. I you know what? Call oh. I'm hard pressed to buy barbecue, man. I'm hard right. pressed. Cause I look I'll have to bring you some. I'll have to bring yeah, you some. Yeah, okay. Because I, I can I can give a lot of these dudes the smoke. Okay, but we were talking sorry, we would jump we talk about Pro talk, Club. Talk about, so I used to wear those um Dude, seriously shop Pro Club heavyweight apparel. Oh, they're super heavy t shirts. They're heavy, heavy. Okay. But they're big and they're yeah. oversized, so I could hide myself. Why stop doing that, man? I wear nice, athletic fit stuff. You saw me, I got the joggers that are damn near I leggings. Love them. Yeah, because I love myself. I look at my legs and say, my legs are pretty nice. I don't have a butt, but my legs are pretty nice. You need to check this guy out and see. Yeah, you got to hit him up and see if he, if they're sponsoring athletes. <laughs> uh, hate brand. Oh, I love hate brand. Matt Dude. Vincent. Haven't bought, I haven't come around to get any of his stuff, but I love his message. I want some of his shorts. I'm sorry, I, I want the go, dude. He's got this. He's got this new jumpsuit. You're not gonna catch me in a jumpsuit, man. Dude, it is all one piece of material. No, no, it's two. Okay, it's two different materials. Let me see the jumpsuit because this might. If this is what I'm. It's just joggers and a okay, hoodie. Look, man, dude, we did that in the '90s, man. That's what. <laughs> that's what my mom used to buy me the track suits. There you go. Whenever we need to go somewhere nice, because you know I'm a kid and I'm gonna get things dirty. She just bought me a track suit. Yeah. You know, I was dressing like a Slav. You know, I had my tracksuit, and I'm glad. I'm glad everything's full but circle. But what I like about this, he's th- this 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 dude's thick, right? Mm-hmm. He was a world champion Highland Games. He he was world champion Highland Games competitor, yeah. and uh, like I love their like he likes his stuff a little snug. So he's six foot two, two forty five. He's wearing a large <laughs> when they like yeah. do some of this, but it's all built for dudes that actually have muscles. Well, that's what's amazing now with. The, the, see, a lot of people are complaining about fitness being in the mainstream now because they see the moms at Starbucks with the Lulus who don't even know what a gym is. But that's not – that's one part. You're looking at all the – look at the benefits. We now don't have to wear the spirit pack we got in football all year long. Yeah. There's more. You can now wear sweats to the store and you're not homeless. Right. It was frowned upon 20 years ago to wear sweats to the store. I'm in full with the shower sweats, bro. Athleisure, athleisure yeah. wear, baby. But yeah, no, he's so that's uh, yeah. Matt is six two or six foot two forty ish and wearing a large. He I, likes like some, some snug because blast man. them quads, dude. I love, I love me. Uh, they can't get short enough anymore. Like I, I, I'm looking at. I can't find them short. I'm too. I short. wear, I wear seven <laughs> inches. I'm looking at five inches now, bro. I thought I got a pair of seven inch. They still, they're not short. <laughs> I think he makes five inches. I need to try the fives because, man, I'm I'm short. Oh yeah, these are five inch inseams. Get the five inches or ten thousand makes a five incher. Yeah, I gotta get the I gotta get into those five inches because I got some sevens and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get the the short shorts look. Dude, like, go to my knee. Dude, yeah, no, ten thousands, <laughs> ten thousands make some good stuff, bro. Well, dude, you probably gotta get back to your family, bro. Oh, it's I been do. we're we're like over two hours here. Ooh. So, but no, man, I I appreciate you coming down, dude, and sharing your wisdom. So real quick though. Uh, I know we touched on a bunch of this stuff, but if you are interested and you and you want to try powerlifting or you just want to get strong in those in those powerlifting lifts, dude, hit them up. Where can the people find you, Leon? So I'm still pretty old school. Best way is my Instagram, Ironblood Ironblood underscore Diablo. Uh, send me a message. I will get back to you very soon because my phone is my fidget spinner. So there you go. <laughs> um, we can get anything you need started. Um, I do if I can. I do want to shout out my sponsors. Yeah. Um, Chris from Iron Bunker Strength Supply. Been with him since 2019. 
amazing apparel guys. And then if you're looking for great do you, supplements. Do you have a code? I don't. He does, see, that's what I like about Chris. No code. Okay. No, he just wants to promote me. Cool. And I love it. Now, Performance Subs, another great place. Quality subs. Um, I do have a code for that. It's Iron Blood 10. And we'll, um, we'll put all that in the show notes so people can access it if they if they want to. Do local pickup to use the code and you could you could pick it up. Or just go in the store and go. But believe me, those two places, guys, I only endorse stuff I believe in. So those two brands, you know, something you could get behind in this local. All right. Well, dude, Iron Blood, appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you too, man.